welcome back to another fun-filled episode of the Fate Nerd Podcast, episode 284, where we're, we're, we are reviewing Chippendale Rescue Rangers. But more importantly, guys, we're celebrating an anniversary today. Five years ago today, oh, yes. the Dark Universe was born, and I just need us all to celebrate because we got like, oh my god, we got like Russell Crowe, Tom Cruise, Johnny Depp, Those, all those things definitely happened. Javier Bardem. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, but instead of that, uh, no, we are here to talk about the newest Disney Plus streaming movie. Uh, but before we get to that, I'm joined by my BFFs, my best friends in the world. I got Brandon T. McClure up top. Hello. I got Ugly Sonic himself, Ben Magnet. <laughs> ah. <You> mean. <laughs> that that came across on the audio good enough. And I got my my partner in the flesh, uh, Sparks Witty. Hello, I'm here. Sparks. I'm in the flesh. Audio listeners wouldn't notice the difference. They can feel it in their souls though when they listen. They might they might know like our audios from the same source it's true welcome you guys are you guys are together again together the old gang together on uh until we're not until then we are again this is the way of life hi grayson well, grayson's in the chat ben if you want to say hello yeah of uh, say hello grayson is in the chat sorry i'm trying to wipe off uh um <laughs> oh, the wipe off some of my spilled beer off my finger which uh, by the way figure podcast unofficially sponsored by voodoo child brewing company from san diego california voodoo child Chop, hopping it down by the edge of our hands. Oh, that's a good slogan. Wow. Class, I, classic ugly Sonic move. <laughs> classic ugly Sonic move. <laughs> so I saw my buddy who does own Voodoo Child today, and he asked me if I I just threw, I was like, yeah, maybe we can sponsor him. I'm like, I would love that. And I promised him I say it on the show today. And I'm drinking the Red 5 IPA right now, which is well, there you delicious. go. We better get a sponsor or else we're cutting this whole bit afterwards. I could see Brandon's face as the board of the fake nerd podcast being like, this was not approved. <laughs> I did not find the forms. I didn't get that memo. <laughs> Wait, am I the only one on the board? <laughs> I lost my key I mean, card. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> I, I, I lost it. I'll make you a new one. <laughs> That's why I said unofficially sponsored. That's why yeah, I'm not getting paid for that. We we do not have the numbers for a sponsor. Okay. Do you know what we do have the numbers for though? Links. <laughs> Links. Links in the description below. Oh, that was awful. Uh still up really for the board joke for the board bit. <laughs> Sparks. Chairman of the board. I don't know why that got me so bad. Okay. Ryan. Huh? You have links in the description this week because I kept forgetting to do it. And I realized, why haven't I done this? Your YouTube channel is linked below. It's true. I'm doing things now. Technically, I guess technically, yeah. Yeah, there are things. I should promote myself, yes. Yeah, you've, um, got, uh, you've done a bunch of Twitch streams that are up on YouTube. Yeah, so uh, uh, I use this thing called Restream, which makes it easy. I can I can stream on Twitch and YouTube, and then the, the, the video just goes straight to YouTube, and I don't have to edit or anything. It's just a stream. So uh, I've been playing Batman the Telltale series, seasons one and two. Uh, I finished season one last week. I'm doing through season two this week and next week. Having a lot of fun doing that. Uh, really good narrative adventures. Uh, if you like Batman, it's a good time. I recommend, honestly, like playing those games yourselves if you haven't, but if you don't want to play a game, watch me play it. It's really fun. DJ okay. Tony Snark all over the internet. You can find that linked below, as well as uh, Ben. Speaking of Grayson. Yep, Grayson. He's go he's uh, saying reunited, and oh, if, I'm pretty sure he meant it. I, I, about, uh, I wasn't setting you up for that. Well, too bad, because he's like, what Brandon is the board. Hashtag there Brandon. Uh, okay, I don't like this attention. <laughs> ben. Yes. You have two links from Grayson Live in the description below. I do. That is uh, the videos down below are when Grayson finally entered the lands between and finally 
plopped himself or plopped himself into the wonderful plucked. world that is Elden Ring. And that's like the first two or like hour and a half or so of him playing through the tutorial, going through the game. At wondering, he's like, hey, there's this dude on the horse. Should I fight this dude on the horse? And I'm sitting there going, Don't fight the dude on the horse, dude. You're gonna die. See, he's that, always see, always see Ben, that's why that's why people need to play Elden Ring for themselves because people need to know that you don't fight the, the horse guy themselves. They need to experience that themselves. You can't be telling people everything or else they won't experience it because you need to know as soon as you enter that, the first guy you see, you think you're supposed to fight him. You don't I mean, tell people right? you don't fight him. You don't tell people you don't fight the tree sentinel. You let them die by the tree sentinel. That's, well, that's like, the first uh, how else? Ben, ben, right ben, ben, how else will they learn? Exactly. Well, technically, the first person you meet is Vare, so... He's not an enemy, Ben. You can't yeah, fight you Vare. He doesn't fight you. You were literally talking about... The... Never mind. He said the first enemy you meet, right? Yes. You yeah. meet Vare, the first person... You... Te this is too much. Technically, if you know to dive down into the cave, then you fight a different enemy Exactly. First. Like Grayson. So, yeah, we went through Stormvale. Real quick, Grayson, because you're here. We went through Stormvale, and you can either enter through the main gate and die, or you can go through the side gate. And, and I was trying to tell Grayson, do the way you want to do. And, and sometimes people just want to guide you through a way, and that's not Elden Ring. That is not Elden Ring. You need to be able to explore yourself and learn the things yourself, because otherwise that's taking away the fun of the game, in my my opinion. Ben, your Elden Ring yeah. links. Yeah. Um, you also have a Go Nintendo link. I do. Uh, oh, didn't we talk about this last week or no? No, you had something else. Another one? This is Super Mario 64. That was last week. I thought that was last week. That was definitely last week. All right. Well, it's there anyway. If anyone wants to read, you didn't get the chance. I mean, hey, it's still a fun game. Still a fun article to read. So I would definitely say check it out again if you haven't. Yeah, already. I thought I I got I got confused because I thought last week was your review. That was that was weeks ago. I don't know what happened. Yeah, it's all good. No worries. Um, I have two links in the description. Uh, I did not get my my Infinity Saga piece done in time. Um. My parents have come into town, took up a lot of time. So, mm -hmm. um, and uh, but I was able to get some screen rant work done. Uh, only two of which were published. There was a Zeus article. Um, uh, talk about all the Zeuses and uh, all this like big screen Zeuses. There's only a few. I didn't realize how little there had been. Um, and a Chris Evans non MCU comic book movies. Those are the only two that are up. I've got other ones coming up probably this week. They just weren't ready yet. Um, and I I mentioned before towards the end of the show, I talk I talk about how I edit for kaijuramamedia.com. Um, I did a lot of catch up this week, and so a lot of my stuff went there. I populated some of the I populated the thing with three pieces that I wrote. They're just news pieces. They're kind of out of date at this point. You can read them if you want. They're there. The one I do want to highlight was actually not written by me. It was a review written by Daniel. Uh, Mendoza, I believe his last name is. Um, and he, forgive me, I don't remember your last name. Um, and he wrote a really great review for Pacific Rim, the Black season two. I had the pleasure of editing that and of putting that up. The link for Kaiju Rama Media, that news, the, just the news page that I edit, that's up there with all, with like everything I've written for them uh, and some other pieces that I highly recommend you guys checking out. Uh, so if you guys want to check those out, that's linked below. Also, besides playing Batman, I'm doing an Iceman, X-Men, Elden Ring build. So uh, the first stream of that is up. Uh, when I beat the game, I'm Sir gonna... Robert Drake. Sir Robert Drake of the Frost, excuse me, <laughs> God-given name. Uh, so uh, once I beat the game, I'm compile it into a a fun video. Once once that's done. So if you want to watch the progress, that streams up, or you just want to wait for a month and then the full video will be up. Very cool. 
Um, and Ben, final link for you. There's a basement arcade pause menu. That yes. Went up this week. Yes, there was. I sat down with my buddy, uh, super Nintendo bros, and we just talked about Nintendo for an hour, for almost two hours. It was a great time. Definitely go listen to it. Hell yeah. Uh, that is return. And the fake nerds watch for star Trek strange new worlds. The second episode that's linked below as well. That went up this week. Uh, the third one will be recorded this week. Again, I got delayed because of my parents. It's all their fault. Like that. My dad's old. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> um, okay. That's all the links below. Please check all those links out. Um, we're really proud of our stuff. Yeah. Who wants to go first? With their, with their week? I'll do it because it's very little because I've just been playing Batman and Elden Ring. Uh, the thing that I mostly did was I got back into uh, there's a video game that's out now called the Evil Dead video game. And I right. I was someone who thought I watched everything Evil Dead related, but then I forgot that's a TV show. Uh, and I stopped watching that TV show. So I'm almost done with season two of Ash vs. the Evil Dead. And that's a really, really, really good time. That is so much fun. I'm not going to say it's well-written, but it's a lot of fun. Um, it's definitely... It's so funny because when you think of like Evil Dead 1, Bruce Campbell isn't... That Ash is not the, the womanizing, sexist, like, like it bangs everyone. Like it's, He turned into that character from two on. Uh, so it's funny to have some like revision of history of like back when he was a kid, he was that way and his dad and stuff. Um, but they do a lot of really good stuff with the town that he grew up in. Uh, everyone thinks that Ash just killed all of his friends. They don't believe any of the demon stuff. So everyone just thinks he's a mass murderer and no one likes him. Uh, so that stuff's really fun. Uh, and some of the demonic stuff, uh, his car gets possessed for two episodes. Some of the coolest car, like car special effects I've ever seen in a show. Uh, like it turns into like basically like a bull where it like, it like, uh, uh, it like it puffs out smoke and it like goes up and down and like a hood goes up and down. It's like a living animal. Um, really good stuff. Uh, Lucy Lawless is in that show a lot more and she's so good. She's so I good. I think I stopped after the first season also. I don't think I continued after. Uh, yeah, not for like, I like season one a lot, but then just, you know, things happen. I just didn't catch up. But um, it helps that they're 30 minute episodes. And anytime there's a show that has 30 minute episodes, it's so much easier to binge through it than hour long episodes. Just because again, it's double the length. Sure. Um, so I'll probably finish that in season three. Probably soon, because again, those are those are pretty fast. Yeah. Um, besides that, uh, I played some I'm got back into Fortnite. I'm like level like sixty-seven. I just really want to get Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um I think I could do it. For, uh, for reference, I'm laughing because I'm level twenty eight and yeah. I'm gonna like spend the next week grinding. Grinding. Yeah. For I will definitely, <laughs> definitely help you because I've done all the quests that I want to do. Now I'm just stuck with the ones I don't want to do. Uh, uh and it, that's always how it is. Um Ben, you should try to hop on us, help us get that Doctor Strange enchant. I, I should, because I'm level one on a, on a Fortnite right now. Because every time my PlayStation turns on, it's like, ooh, Elden Ring, ooh, no, game. <laughs> it is that is true. Like Elden Ring. I mean, trust me, Fortnite is there, and I there are times I'm looking at Fortnite, I was like, I really want to play it, but then I look over at Elden Ring, I was like, but also I really want to go through this dungeon. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's I'm gonna go through the dungeon. Yeah. Um. Besides that, I don't think I really did anything else. Um. I read our book club, and I never bring up bringing up the book club early, but I loved our book club because I love Doctor Doom. Um, and this is, I think, one of the best Doctor Doom stories that Marvel's ever told because it tells his story so succinctly and who he is and what kind of person he is. Uh, I'm just really thankful that I finally read this book that I should have read like 20 years ago because I love Hellboy and I love Mike McNola and I love I love Doctor Doom and I like Doctor Strange enough. Um, so I'm glad I read the book club. Thanks, Ryan, for choosing it. <laughs> That's my week. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks, me. Uh, Sparks, do you want to go next? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I played some board games. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I did play board games too. 
I'm saying no. I'm abstaining. No, I don't right. help me to abstain. No, don't be a follower. I, think, be a, be I mean, a I, I can I could go next. My week is also pretty short. There, make Ben go next. Hell yeah. All right. Um, yeah. We play board games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're off to a great start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My week was chill. Mostly the biggest thing uh, media wise I consumed was, of course, Elden Ring. Um, Ryan and I uh, was playing with Grayson. I was playing with Ryan. We were helping Grayson go through. We went through Stormvale. We kicked Margaret's ass. We kicked um, Godfrey's ass or no Godric's ass. Mm-hmm. So many names with the letter G and, and and start with God. I forget who's who sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, no, it is Godric the Godric the Graft. Yeah, it is Godric. Godric the Grafted. Yeah, yeah. I really like Godathan. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, Godathan, man, he's a dick. But yeah, so wait, I'm sorry. Did you hear? Did you hear what, who raised dad's what raised dad's name is? Ben. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I, I heard Dathan, right? Dathan, yeah, yeah. Star Wars. Names. Weird. <laughs> All right. Anyway, sorry, Ben. I'm and sorry. of course, his, his dad's name is Sheev. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Grayson says, "I learned what a suppository is," which I oh. honestly did not know until we were recording because I went to his house yesterday to record more Super Mario 3D Bros. Or yeah, Super Mario 3D World, which is going to be out soon. So woohoo for that! Keep, I don't want to know the rest of this story. Neither do I. Yeah, um, yeah. Just to say, just to pizza play. to drugs. Mario suppositories. It's a thing. I'll show you later. All right. Anyways, video game wise, Elden Ring, Super Mario, uh, other media wise, it's just essentially the book club and the movie we watched, and we'll talk about that later. But yeah, Elden Ring is a still a fantastic video game. It's absolutely amazing. Um, and that's about it. That's pretty much just my week. Just Elden Ring and also visiting my buddy's brewery in San Diego. So that was fun. It's incredible that two months later, this this single player game has more like impact than most multiplayer games do. Because like there is multiplayer, but like it is a game you play obsessively by yourself. So like that's what an achievement. It sold almost 14 million copies. It's a fastest selling game uh, in the last couple of years. It's incredible. Yeah. So quick. Well, really quick story. When I was streaming, I was playing Elden Ring the other night. So I was playing Elden Ring. I want to say on Monday, on Tuesday morning for my stream, and I summoned the guy in because I'm in the the capital city next to the Ur Tree, right? So I summon a guy in and we're just going through. I'm trying to figure out how to open this big ass door. And um, so minor spoiler warnings in the capital city, there's this dead giant dragon that's just chilling in the city. That's just chilling there. It's dead. And I'm just exploring this random NPC who I cannot talk to, who I could barely communicate with is following me. And to get to where I needed to go, we had to climb up the dragon and I didn't realize there was a part of the of the rampart that I could walk to because I climbed up this, the dragon's wing, grabbed a few items, and just walked away because like, oh, there's nowhere else I can go. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. You can go up further. And the second we got to the part where we needed to go, I'm like, I was saying I love this game for about 20 minutes after that. We go through a part. We fight a boss. We beat him on our first try. I'm squealing like a little girl because I'm like, this game is so good. This game is so good. And then I went into the sewers. I found a Lothum Dunginger, and I killed him on sight. The Lothum, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about him one day. He's truly yeah, one of the most go. vile characters in a yeah. video game. There's, go, there's definitely going to be a Base Arcade Elden Ring video, and I'm going to assume that video is going to be two and a half hours long because we're just going to be going on about that thing. And in other news, I finally cracked 120 hours in Elden Ring. I still don't have all the map opened up yet. Oh, yeah. it's It'd be like that. Oh, I'm pretty sure I'm probably not going to beat this game, like fully beat this game until I have like 150 hours in. I'm just projecting that right now. I did. Mine was 165, so. Hey, baby, you're 100 hours ahead of me. (laughs) So, yeah. 
Elden Ring is great. It's a fantastic game. You all, I've been saying it for the past two months. It's yeah, 10 out of 10, still my game of the year. And other than that, I don't have much to say. Beautiful. All right. Sparks. Okay. I'll go now. now Can I go I'll, now? Yeah. Okay. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, Brandon must go now. I'm kidding. Yeah. Oh, okay. My bad. I have staying. Again. Damn it, Ben. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, a new chapter for Dragon Ball Super is out. I read that. I uh, heard. There's there's saying pride stuff going on. You heard? I've heard some disappointment from some people. Oh. Hmm. I get that. Totally not, not Mark put out a whole like 20 minute video. I haven't read it. I haven't watched it. As I kind of I don't want to get spoiled. But like apparently he like really didn't like what happened in this in this chapter. Interesting. I'm not disappointed. I do feel like it's a once once the chapter gets started by the end of the chapter we're not really anywhere different mm -hmm. like the it's just kind of the fight is going and i'm like okay i'll i'll wait for next week it doesn't end in a weird way it's very mm -hmm. it's a very abrupt ending not like a clear usually there's like i won't i don't want to say cliffhanger because i think that's too extreme not every manga chapter ends in a cliffhanger but it ends in like a a moment where like you know it's it's not just a like a random page it's like a moment and this kind of felt like just like a random page in yeah, uh, and that 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 was a little odd. Um, odd duck. I'm still occasionally watching Craig of the Creek catching up, mm -hmm. doing that. I watched the third episode of Strange New Worlds. Uh, three yes. for three, Brandon. I guess it's gonna stick. Nice. So I enjoyed the, it. The latest episode was really great. I, I'm, it's a really I good. I really liked it. It's a very good episode. I, I like the show. I have listened to all six episodes. Of Batman Unburied. Oh, I was going right. to start that this week and I forgot. That is for those who don't remember the podcast where yep. Winston Duke is Batman. Um, what is it on? Spotify? Yeah, Spotify. Um, I listened to all six episodes of that and there's a lot I like. There's some stuff. I want to be so clear here. Sometimes I think the writing isn't very good. Mm -hmm. Sure. And sometimes that means that the voice actors who are giving pretty good performances otherwise are giving not so good performances. And maybe it's just because the writing's bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is, it's like, there's, there's not a lot new here. You've encountered pretty much all these beats. So, most of them in a, some kind of Batman story before, mm -hmm. or some of them in any, detective story before multiple times so there's a little bit of things getting a little too rote so if you're familiar with batman there's nothing new some in some cases if you're familiar with detective dramas okay. you're there's sometimes not a lot new in some of the episodes okay um there's some stuff that's like so standard that i'm like yeah all right like the, the performances are usually good enough to carry it um sam witwer plays the harvester Who's a new character? Uh, not totally new. Not Does totally exist, new? but like is so little used in the comics mm -hmm. that they were able to pretty much do whatever they wanted with him. Like Hera, yeah. which is what they looked for. Um, I only know that because I listened to Sam Witwer's interview on the Ringerverse, which is because they were talking about it, what made me go, okay, I'll go watch, I'll go listen to the show. Mm -hmm. um, Winston Duke's doing a good job. He only recently started using his Batman. Um, up to that point, he had been. Oh, you only heard him as Bruce Wayne. Oh, I see. I like his Batman. All right, 
I like his Batman better in conversation than when he's like just saying a phrase at an enemy. Yeah. Um, it gets a little close to the Christian Bale territory when he does that. Mm-hmm. But this is mostly based off a single episode that he's done the Batman voice in. I really like him as Bruce Wayne. I don't know full, full, like no idea. I listened to it entirely through my car. Everybody else came out great. For some reason, half the time Winston Duke sounds like he's at a whisper level compared to everyone else on the volume. So I was constantly like turning up the volume when he talked and turning it back down for everybody else. Yeah. I don't know if that's just me playing it through the car that's doing that or if that's a problem with the audio mixing. Mm-hmm. But it was specifically only his character, so I'm leaning towards audio mixing. Or which it's again, just a, a bad character choice. <laughs> no, it's not his fault. No. I really don't think that. Like, he's not so low that he shouldn't be on the same like talking level as like the the actor who's doing a very good job of playing Thomas Wayne. Mm. Um, I'll listen to it through. Like, yeah, let me know because like uh, I it could be just because of how I was listening to it because it's definitely like they are doing left and right stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. most of the time he's coming out of the right, which if you're listening in the car is the further away side, so that might be hurting it. Yeah. Uh I don't know. Also, if he has like a very bassy voice and you don't have a lot of bass in your car, uh that could lower it too. Yes. Because I true. my car has shitty bass, no, so true. I turn my bass down. Winston Duke has a pretty deep so voice. So that also could affect um, it, yeah. I really I do like it. I like Are there him. more coming? Yes. Uh six episodes is not the end. Um that's just all that's out. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I like his take on Bruce. I like Sam Whitworth. I like all the performers are pretty good. Um, the writing comes in and out of doing cool things. And then uh, the interpretation of... Does anyone really know what the story is? No, not really. Okay. Um, when you start the series, this is the very beginning. When you start the series, there is no Batman. Um, there is only Dr. Bruce Wayne. He became a forensic uh, pathologist uh wanting to be a doctor taking off his father mm. thomas and martha are both alive mm. um and Weird. uh he is getting too attached to the victims of the harvester because he keeps empathizing with them and like working backwards to think about who they are to get close to who the harvester is and the harvester figures that out and gets an interest is the harvester the first that's how the story is of gotham because there's no batman uh I don't want to say too much about like why things are the way they are. Um, It's just like a weird Elseworld thing. Because no, well, yeah. Uh, Well, no. Uh, (laughs) uh, Interesting. It is Elseworld in the sense like the history of Batman with the GCPD and everything. There's um, there's a history with the GCPD and Gordon and the Riddler and Barbara that is new. So that in that sense, this is an Elseworld story. Cool. but uh, the Thomas and Martha stuff is different. Uh, I don't want to say what it is because I yeah. want people to experience it for themselves. There's a thing about it, but um, you get it pretty early. What's what they're doing? Um, they're only thirty minute episodes or twenty minute episodes too. Yeah, I'm gonna um, blow through this. But I re- I do like it. I think my favorite performance, as much as I really enjoy Winston Duke, I just don't think I've gotten. I, he's doing a great Bruce Wayne. I, I want to hear more of him as Batman. Um, my favorite performance right now even though half the time I think his lines are just like, boy, like so generic is Hassan Minaj as the Riddler. Oh, that's an interesting choice. Uh, I think, I think he's pretty cool. I like that guy Um, a lot. Yeah. His, his story is interesting because what ends up happening is he, he's kind of on an offshoot story with Barbara Gordon. Um, 
and that's pretty cool stuff that's a lot of episode three four and five stuff um so uh i do recommend it there's great stuff there's so so stuff um we'll see how it all wraps up but it was cool to listen to i did so much more this week and it all involves batman and i forgot because he just reminded me i finished (laughs) halloween i watched part two incredible Definitely, I think if I combine those two into one movie, that is the best adaptation that the DC animated movies have ever made. I think it's, mm. I think it's so well adapted. It's, I think all the voices are great. I think Josh Duhamel, who's a guy, he's from Transformers and other oh, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's really good as Harvey Dent, and his mm-hmm. Harvey Dent gravelly voice is really good. I'm like, yo, bro, you might have a, you might be like a voice actor, and you don't even know it. I thought he was really, really good. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because this is one of the things I was thinking as I was listening to Batman Unburied. Is I'd, I'd almost rather that like this, at least right now six episodes in and I don't know how many episodes there still are to go. I, if this story were tightened up into an animated film, I'd love to hear this voice cast. Yeah. Um, you've got, uh, God, I got to look up his name, but um, the actor playing Thomas Wayne, um, you would, you would recognize him, his voice immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so look that up. I also watched because um, Gotham Lance, Knights. Lance Reddick. Oh, Lance Reddick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. Wow. He's going to be Wesker in the new Resident Evil TV show. So he's mm-hmm. he's doing Thomas Wayne and his back and forth with Winston Duke is some of the best conversational stuff. Oh, those guys in, both have good voices. In too. the yeah yeah so like him him as a Thomas Wayne to Winston Duke's Bruce I'm like that works. I'm really really all about this. Jason Isaacs is Alfred. That's, um, that's good. That's really good. love him as Alfred. Nice. Uh, he he would also like the the Hassan Minaj all these people coming over to an animated project. I'd be like, I'm all about this. Like that would be awesome. I love it. Um, uh, I also watched uh, Batman. I watched Batman versus Robin, one of the DC animated movies, because I really wanted some Court of Owls fix, and I Gotham Knights is not coming out for a while, and that's the only. Is that one of the older ones we watched in the in the yeah in the, the twenty three? Yeah. Um, I love the first half, and then the second half I don't like as much because the stuff that they do with Talon, it's like fine. It's fine. But all the stuff with Damien and him choosing vengeance over justice and like his whole thing of Batman is Batman is justice, not vengeance. Uh, all the stuff with him, I love it. Him and Damien and Dick and all them, like all them intertwining, all that emotional family stuff is so good. Uh, and, the, and the way that they represent the Court of Owls is really scary. The way that like there's, there's these, uh, these like uh, immortal assassins where they can die and they'll like reform their bodies. Like really, really good animated stuff. Uh, the stuff with Talon though kind of sucks. Uh, Besides that, uh, I also watched one half of 2022's The Batman, but that movie's three hours long, so I watched one and a half, one hour and thirty minutes of The Batman, which is a full length <laughs> movie. I just every five or ten minutes I'd skip some just some, some not boring stuff, but not as interesting stuff. The movie's still really good. <laughs> I watched almost <laughs> half of it because it's that good. I just I'm just full in Batman mode right now. I got a Grant Morrison omnibus right here that I'm gonna start reading. Uh, I just love Batman. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Yeah. Um, my last night on Batman Unburied, I, I will touch back in on it as the episodes roll out. Um, if any of you check it out, I'd love to hear what you guys are thinking. You finished like, uh, out. So the six episodes that are out, I've heard them all. Um, overall positive experience. There's there's some stuff that's very, like, just really generic writing that's very hard for me yeah. to swallow. Um, moving on from that, my summer of anime continues. Um, I finished- really, Real quickly, I really like how you said that. <laughs> my summer of anime is rolling on strong uh i finished no game no life um that was solid i'm severely disappointed that there are no more uh because it just stops at kind of crucial point in the story but whatever um it is what it is this happens to all of us be like that i also started hunter hunter Uh uh-huh i started Uh, that show last year yeah 
um, like six episodes deep. And I'm like, that's cool. Um, we are, we've already decided that we're doing it in three chunks. So we're going to get through a first chunk and then we're going to switch to a different anime. That is the anime that like I'm watching with both of the people I'm living with. Mm -hmm. But then there are other anime that we're watching that like one of them isn't necessarily interested in. In this case, this is Odd Taxi, which I've started and nearly finished. Odd Taxi, I really like. Um, it's a interesting chill vibe there is nothing about the script that needed to be animated this could have been a live action story it just is an anime and they do really nice animation um i like the whole energy of it but it's a very quentin tarantino type story um Ooh. it's very much a crime story that's based around a taxi driver and he is just kind of a guy who's just trying to do his job and get by and, and get get along but because he's so casually good at uh engaging with people people constantly want to tell him things and because people find out that people tell him things more people want to come and seek out information from him and he is at the yes so you didn't mention this when you told me this these are all anthropomorphic animals yeah they're all animals Wait, I thought what <laughs> yes i'm they're 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 all animals you can't see it they're all it's it's like a walrus so your, main, man. your main character is a walrus i was about i thought I thought you were talking about people. Yep. Me too. Like, you're, your, main character, your main character, yeah, they're all anthropomorphic animals, which is the thing that makes it like visually all the more engaging. Um, they all recognize each other as different animals. Um, so like they'll talk about like someone as a gorilla or, or whatever. Um, so it's very much the kind of story where you'll have in like episode three, you see a character in the background for a single like moment, and then they are the main character of the next episode. I love that. And that kind of stuff. But the main story is just kind of rolling along. It's it's not very it's not episodic at all. It all is like one big narrative stretched out. Um, so it's hard not to watch in really close sequence because the details are just rolling into each next episode. Your taxi driver is uh, suspected of having kidnapped a girl who's missing. And there's all these different parties that are interested in who took the missing girl, but it doesn't seem like the taxi driver is actually involved at all, but it puts him at the center of all these interested parties. And they're like, oh, you didn't take the girl. Well, never mind. I want you to do inform on this thing for me or do this thing for me. And there are corrupt cops and uh, there's um, teen idols that are involved, but the people who are managing the teen idols are running a sleazy campaign with the crime people. Um, just all kinds of really cool characters, really great beats. Uh I, I really dig it. I really like the vibe. Um, highly recommend Odd Taxi. It's a new anime. It came out last year. It's 13 episodes. And we're at episode 9. So we're very close to the end. I love short I can't season. believe you buried the lead on the animals. You know, I, I really don't think about it because it's... It's not important It to feels it. secondary to yeah. the story. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, visually it's very engaging because, like, because of how they are. Uh, it's funny because like we were talking about it and there's a part where like a girl who is a llama she is falling in love with the taxi driver and once you get to a certain point it uh michael pointed out to me he's like i guess like i thought maybe he was just like large and unattractive but i guess he's just a walrus like that doesn't actually mean anything about how attractive he is yeah because he's just relatively the size of a walrus and that doesn't mean that he's not good looking for a walrus so yeah, yeah. i don't know like it's just it, it's got it's got really good stuff in it i really enjoy it that's that's my week love it that's the whole thing yep all right i finished mr mayor 
which is the second season of the Tina Fey series on NBC that was recently canceled. We talked about that last week, I hope. Um, and uh, I'm really bummed. I found that a show to be very funny. It was very much my kind of humor. So like every episode, there was a joke that just really landed for me. Um, I love Ted Danson just in general. So he's always just fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And it ends on a cliffhanger that I would like to have seen resolved. Oh, that's a bummer. So they did not realize they were getting canceled and they thought they were like, let's cliffhanger this. And sadly, I feel like that's the story of a lot of network TV right now. Did I ever tell you the story of the lost world? Jonathan Conan Doyle's The Lost World on TNT? You're going to have to be more specific about what story. Well, the one where it got canceled. Oh, no. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so it lasted for three seasons, and every season they realized they thought they were always on the chopping block. So the first season was coming to an end. They're like, let's just wrap up the story. Let's just wrap up the story just in case we're canceled. So they did. So then it said, but they were renewed. So they were like, okay, well, we might get canceled this season. So let's wrap up the story and let's, let's, let's hope that we just don't get canceled. So they wrapped up the story and they got renewed for season three. Season three, they were getting cocky. They're like, well, we got, we got renewed three times. Why don't we just send this one on a cliffhanger and we'll, we'll go out canceled. Yeah, that's when that's how you learn. That's why you I always. Do, I do think you told me that story before. Now that you said it, so I always put as much as you can in each season. Just I really case. like that show. That cliffhanger still bugs the shit out of me. Sure. Womp womp. Um, I mm, talk about this now. I went. I saw a movie called Operation Mincemeat, which is on Netflix. Colin mm-hmm. Firth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Um. So if you don't know what that what that is, um, it is based on a true story about how. The British Secret Service, secret like secret spies, British spies, uh, wanted to fool Hitler into thinking that they that the Allies were going to attack Greece and not Sicily. So Hitler had all of his all of his no. troops in Sicily, and it was going to be a it was going to be a massacre if they went. But they had to go to Sicily. So they're like, let's let's try and trick Hitler's forces to move to Greece so that we can go to Sicily and be fine. And to do this. They dropped a dead body on Spain and hoped it would get to the hope that classified papers that they wrote, fake classified papers that they wrote, would make it to Germany. Mm-hmm. It's a wild story um, that I, I knew before I watched the movie, um, and it's great. I really liked it. It's a really fun and refreshing, like World War II story. It's a story that is crazy enough to think that it's fiction, mm-hmm. but it's also a true story that kind of puts a uh, I don't want to say goofy spin because you don't want to make World War II goofy, but like <laughs> it kind of just kind of makes it more fun to watch than your just average war movie. No, sure. like in hindsight, like the situation was like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because they had so Ian Fleming is the one who made the plan, James Bond's creator. Um, because he worked in the he worked in the spy agency, and he came up with the plan, and Churchill just happened to like it. So they were just like, well, I guess we do this now. And it's crazy because they have to like find the right dead body and then they keep it they keep it under lock for until it can so that it doesn't decay until they can just drop it on Germany and just hope that the that the right autopsy guy doesn't get it and that the papers somehow make it to Germany. It was such a wild story. Really great movie. Highly recommend. Sounds cool. Uh, if you like or dislike World War II stories, I think it's still a fun movie to watch. Mm. Um, I saw, uh, you know, what? I'll do this actually. I, I, I read the mighty Thor. Um, I got, I started reading. So I read Thor's after last week, I read Thor's, which was the secret wars tie in, which I'm actually not going to talk about about because spoiler alert, it's my book club next week. Mm. Um, and then I started reading mighty, the mighty Thor again, which is the second volume that carried off after secret wars. 
Um, and as well as I finished Loki Agent of Asgard, which is written by Al Ewing, which I've talked about before. So I'm moving right along uh, on my Thor read. You're definitely going to finish. Absolutely. It's, it's so hard to put them down. Yeah, when a book's good, you'll read 100 issues in a month. It's easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I really just kind of blanket. I really like it. And Loki Agent of Asgard was really cool because um, the last day's story were, were a bunch of stories that were happening across the Marvel Universe because the universe was ending. Secret Wars was happening. Everything was ending. So they did this last day's story arc for most of their books or like a one shot or something to kind of just tell what they were doing when secret wars happened, when the, when the, when the final incursion happened, um, the Loki one has, a, has a lot of wrap up because Al Ewing decided not to continue the book after secret wars. So he was wrapping up everything probably was canceled, honestly. Yeah. Um, and so he was doing a lot of wrap up. So we get a lot of expl explanation of what's happening, such as, Loki is actually not an older version of Kid Loki. He killed that version and then became this. Uh, he's actually the the teen Loki that we've been following is actually the young version of of evil God of Evil Loki from the sixties. Mm, Who knew? There you go. Loki. Um, that was a cool reveal. And like everyone on Asgard like hates him. Like, oh, screw you, Loki! You killed our because everyone liked Kid Loki. And he yeah, was like, yeah. you killed you killed our Loki. Um, and he's like, but I'm trying to be better. Then Secret Wars happens, and the last few issues take place during Secret Wars. And in order to do it, so there's been King Loki, which has been around this book. He's the future version of the Loki we've been following. And he wants to kind of make everything what we've seen in the Jason Aaron King Thor book. Um, and so he like wants to speed that up because he's like, that's where I'm from. That's great. I want to do that, but quicker. Mm -hmm. um, but he skips to Secret Wars on accident. Uh, and so, like, everything is ending. Like, ev everything is ending. It's the death of everything, if you remember Secret Wars. And King Loki is like, I don't want to do this. I'm going to start a Ragnarok. So he resets the cycle of Ragnarok by killing Baldur the Brave and framing Normangander from hell. And I'm just, like, reading a mythology book all of a sudden. <laughs> and it was so insane to just be like, yeah, that's, yep, we're just doing a Ragnarok. Sometimes you just got to do a Ragnarok. A little one, just a little one. Yeah, and it's there's a lot of really cool stuff like Hell, Tyr, and um, Hela, Tyr, and Loki on Jormungandr. And so, like, um, because the whole thing is like, we'll kill Thor with Jormungandr because Jormungandr kills Thor and Ragnarok. But, like, Thor's not part of this. He's doing something else. She's doing something else. Um, and so, like, Loki thinks he's going to survive if he does a Ragnarok. And so, like, Asgardian forces are fighting. And then, like, as one Asgard, as one Asgardian dies of fear, like, he, like, not dies of fear, but he was scared on the battlefield. So he died. He switches sides instead of just goes to hell. He just switches sides and wakes up on the evil side and just turns into a zombie. <laughs> he was a coward. And I was like, shit, that's awesome. Yeah, that is cool. And then, uh, obviously, it doesn't work because you're like, you can't stop Secret Wars. So, the Ragnarok just ended up being for naught. And then the last two issues are just Loki being like, yeah, what's the nature of stories? If we created gods too and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm just going to skip Secret Wars actually. So, and then he just pieces out of the book and that's it. Bye. <laughs> like he literally Bye. says like, I don't want to do this. Whatever that, that is. I don't want to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to skip that. Probably smart. He doesn't, I don't know what Loki would do against <laughs> Dr. Doom. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. I really liked that. So I finished that. Uh, Red Thors, which I won't talk about, um, and the Mighty Thor. So yeah, I'm moving right along. Have you got to the Mangog yet? Not yet. It's in the volume I'm reading though, because I started yeah. volume three. Cool, love it. Um, okay, 
then I watched because of a review that I had to read. I was like, oh, shit, I should watch the show. So I read Pacific Rim, the black. Nope. I watched Pacific Rim, the black season two. Um, that's the last seven episodes. Hmm. Those are words. I watched yeah. the last seven episodes of the series. I'm very bummed that it ended. But I really like the show over all in all. I think that show was really cool and introduced a lot of really awesome concepts to the Pacific Rim franchise. Um, like we like I've tweeted about it, but like we've meet the first category six, and it's this beautiful kaiju called Breacher. That I just like I just can't get enough of that design. Um there's a lot of really cool new designed kaijus, and then we also see some old favorites. And then there's this thing of like witches, like the the sisters of the kaiju that like are this cult and like that's all really cool too, but it definitely felt like they didn't prepare to only get two seasons. Um, and I know like there they were did, like they did a bunch of setup to for like, and then like they couldn't get the payoff. That sucks. Did you ever watch the last four episodes of Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Oh yeah, that thing that straight up got canceled. Same thing. Yeah, that's a bummer. Where they like they got the heads up that they were ending, but they weren't prepared, so they just yeah. kind of wrapped up every storyline that they could in quick succession, so that we can just wrap it up with a bow. We like we're done. Like we can be like, okay, we did a story. That's always a bummer, and that's a bummer. That's really bummer because I was like, you could have had, you could have explored any of these concepts for a whole season because they're only seven episodes. They're really easy to get through in a night. Um, and I just, and I was just like, wow, this is a really this is a really cool idea that we're just kind of okay. We're done with that. Okay, this is a cool idea. Okay, we're done with that. I'll be honest. Like, I've always been interested in watching that show just because I like Pacific Rim. But like, when you say that there's kaiju witches, that's when I'm like, that's that's when we start getting into the deep cool shit. When you got like humans who like worship them and like maybe get powers from them, like drink their blood. That's yeah, that's where I'm coming in, baby. Like cult shit. Uh, Yeah, they've got a. They've got a really cool. I mean, we get an ending for it. We just don't really explore it. We don't really like yeah. take the time to like really dive into why or how these sisters ended up being like this because they were human, yeah. uh, and now they're not. Um, and then they have got this. There's this boy you see in the trailer who can turn into a kaiju, and they call him like the kaiju messiah. Ooh. And the way that's wrapped up is, is actually unsatisfying. That's um, and there's still things out there. And man, there's one thing that I thought was going to be a joke, but ended up being so sincere. And I can't say it because of spoilers, but. It was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, like, I'm, I know I'm being being kind of negative on that, but like, I really like the show. It's a really great follow up to Pacific Rim um, and Pacific Rim Uprising. Um, it's it's doing some really cool stuff. And I'm really sad that it didn't continue to just do that really cool stuff. Um, yeah, sure. I'll read the review. I, re- I agree with the review mostly link below. No, it's fine. Uh, I watched another movie called Downton Abbey, A New Era. Is that the new one? That's the new one. The, the cinema is coming to Downton. <laughs> um, the, um, if you have been following my journey, uh, I got really into Downton Abbey before the first movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I successfully did. And uh, I was really excited for this one. And it's better than the first movie in almost every way. This movie was fantastic. Love it. Um. This was the Avengers of Downton Abbey, and I'm and I mean that in a lot of ways. How how old is Dame Maggie Smith's character? I did the math. She's about ninety eight. Okay. I'll tell you what, though, doesn't matter anymore. Something happens. 
time travel. Well, no. Um, it did not turn into a sci-fi show all of a sudden. <laughs> um, I th- the, it's kind of a it's a little bit of a bummer that they like couldn't use like grand sets and things because of like COVID and um you can tell you can tell they're just like we're filming inside the Abbey because of COVID reasons and we split the cast so we're not dealing with too many people. I really like the new inclusions. I really like that sh- that movie a whole lot. Um, yeah, honestly, it might be one of my favorite movies of the year. Like it was brilliant. Like I I was like after I came out of after I came out of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was the last time I felt like this. Like I was just like yeah that was. That was awesome. Not in kind of the same way, but like, <laughs> it was really cool. I really like that movie. Oh, yeah. Um, but I went to see it. I want to talk a little bit about the experience of when I went to see it. I went to the Alamo Draft House, which recently opened, relatively recently opened, in downtown LA. Nice, finally. Yeah, I've, I've wanted to go since they opened, uh, but we just never had the chance. And then we finally decided, like, they're doing a they're doing an early screening of Downton Abbey. It's going to be the only time we see it, we get to see it this week. Let's go. Um, and that's a really cool theater. It's it's not too expensive. It's a little bit cheaper than your average AMC. Um, and they have a rule that if you'd like talk or like on your phone, you get kicked out immediately. There's no second chance. Hell yeah. Ooh. Um, so they like are really strict and the way they like, they like, man, well, like it make you feel like a luxury theater. Like you'd sit down and they're just like, how many, what, what do you want? What do you want to order? And you got like a menu, like, oh, I'd like unlimited popcorn and unlimited drinks. And, and you can order throughout the movie, but you can't talk. So you got to write it down on a thing and then they come get it like a ninja. <laughs> um, it's really good food. I had mozzarella sticks and, and the cookies. They had like big chocolate chip cookies. It's like, that's like a restaurant. They have like a proper restaurant. It's not like theater food yeah um and then they uh it's just a really great experience it, it, it is definitely a theater that is owned and operated by by people who just want to like make the theater experience as perfect as possible and i will not lie that the theater experience could have really helped my enjoyment of this movie mm-hmm. um because it also felt nice to just kind of all be there sobbing at the end <laughs> like avengers endgame there you go. Um, showed up. Or Coco. Or Coco. Is anyone else crying? <laughs> or more. So I haven't seen that movie since theaters. I've seen it a few times. Yes, okay. I've watched it since I saw it in theaters because I know I'm crying like a baby. Pixar movie soon, Ben. That's right. We're yeah. doing that. We are doing that. The final thing I have to say is I went to a musical. I am cultured Hooray. now. Oh, I also... Wait, but that was last week. <laughs> <laughs> Or was it this week? When did I see that musical? When did I see last Kim week? Right? Already, I saw it not even musical. I saw a play. That was last week. I don't know. <laughs> um, I went to see Hades Town. Nice, very cool. Um, we if you guys don't know what, gone to it. That's right. That's yeah. Right. What did you say? Sparks? I said we recorded late because he'd gone to it that right. day. That's right. Last week. Um, so I saw Hades Town, which is a Tony Award-winning musical um, that is retelling the story, uh, the Greek, uh, the Greek mythology story of Orpheus and Eurydice, um, and. Uh, it's awesome. It's really great. Uh, I, I haven't seen a, a musical in a long time. Not since I think I saw School of Rock, the musical. Um, and that was Hadestown. Hadestown was was really inventive, and the music is really great. Uh, the set design was awesome. I really like the guy who plays Hades. Like he's he he stole the he stole the whole show. He like commanded the stage. It was awesome. They do some really cool things with like blocking of like the the the, the 
the stage has a has a wheel on it that people walk on and like there's a song where like they're like walking like this like 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 almost side by side but walking opposite directions and just kind of keeping pace with each other it was so cool um yeah i really like the musical um i can't say too much about it because i think i know for a fact one person here wants to see it sparks yeah it's yes. true i mean i like musicals too i just didn't think i'd see it anytime soon no i probably yeah. won't either um i hope it gets a gets a dvd it was an anniversary gift from zara which is the only reason why i could do it um but yeah i really appreciate i really i really loved going to it i really liked the musical um i also really just like greek mythology so it was like hell yeah musical greek mythology cool kind of rentish all right that's i believe that's my week i think that's my week yeah beautiful shall we do that voodoo that we do what that's from not the voodoo thing the thing what happened to sparks he's right here <laughs> no he's not right <laughs> sparks never went anywhere he's been here the whole time if, if he if he showed up just like how you do with your green screen i would uh, flip no it's we don't have that technology <laughs> we're just dealing with dog stuff back here got it okay um we do have some sad news up top today just earlier, Colin Cantwell passed away. Now, if you don't know his name immediately, that's fine. He is the concept artist who designed the Death Star and other iconic star starships, such as the TIE Fighter. Ooh. Um, he also worked on 2001 A Space Odyssey. He was the concept artist for that and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And obviously a lot more. He passed away this week at the age of 90. Ooh, that's wow. a, a long life and a legacy. That yeah. dude's work will live on literally for the rest of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you say, Tie Fighter, and that alone. I hope he got money. I hope I hope he got some some residuals from that one, baby. I hope his family yeah. is secure because of because of the Tie Fighter alone, baby. It was, uh, awesome. yeah. I mean, like you never know because like those contracts back then, he probably got like a one time fee. Yeah, he's yeah, especially with how artists are dealt with these days. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, I love his work. Obviously, like that star is one of the most iconic things in all of cinema. Definitely. And then Vangelis. Yeah. Uh, really great composer. Uh, Blade Runner, Chariots of Fire. Do, 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 and just their own original do. work. Just their own original work. And a musician, uh, yeah, yeah. He passed away this week at the age of 79 due to heart failure. That's a shame. Uh, Blade Runner is my favorite movie. Uh, and the music in that movie uh, lives rent-free in my head for all of time. Uh, certainly when I was a kid, that soundtrack would be on nonstop in my head. Um, or on my CD player or whatever, my YouTube channel. Um, that's a shame. Like, definitely, like, one of the legendary composers of, of, of our era. Um, yeah. Yeah, and he, his legacy is really, like, he moved film scores to synthetic. Like, yeah. that was oh, yeah. the thing he he did. And he that Chariots of Fire theme ended up being so popular. It won, a bill, it won like, awards. Like a, like, a Grammy. That's what they're called. Yeah. Um, and he... And because of that, like shifted filmmaking away from big orchestra and into synthetics. Yeah, him and um, I would say him and John Carpenter are the two guys who really were like, it could sound different. Yeah, it doesn't have to just be traditional orchestra. Um, but yeah, like that Chariots of Fire thing is used nonstop all the time in everything. Mm -hmm. Like uh, it's a very iconic theme. Yeah, so if you don't know like his Blade Runner or or some of his like uh, original stuff, like you know Chariots of Fire, you know that you know that song. It's in everything. Right. Yeah. Big legacy as well. 
you know, 79 though, that's not that bad. That's not bad. Yeah. All right. Some comic book news. We knew this was coming, but now we have the uh, information. Deceased 3, War of the Undead Gods. This is going to be the quote-unquote final chapter Sounds of right. the DC saga. Deceased saga. Um, obviously written by Tom Taylor with art by returning Trevor Hairsign. Uh, mm-hmm. um, he's done the art before. This is going to be an eight-issue miniseries, which is one more than the last one and two more than the first one. Makes sense. Big um, I like that it keeps getting uh, Dead Planet seven issues. So this one, three, eight issues, just one mm-hmm. by one. Next one's nine. This is going to be out in August. Just in case there are, I've removed the spoilers from the description. I'll only talk briefly about it um, because if you haven't seen, if you haven't read the last issue, Dead Planet, like I don't want to spoil that for you. Yeah, it's it's big, big and good. Uh, as the anti-life equation spreads into the cosmos, the surviving the survivors of Earth prepare for the coming apocalypse and realize their only hope could lie in the most powerful surviving hero from the first deceased series. I'm just like what reading that second deceased book um made me realize like man this is the justice league that i want like truly like the legacy justice league with like john and and damien and all them um green like, canary uh, black canary is a green lantern right isn't mm-hmm. that what yeah like yeah really great shit in that book um so this is like this is definitely like this is probably my favorite elseworld thing tom taylor's done he's done a lot of elseworld stuff but like this is definitely like the most consistent and fun in taking the zombie zombie genre uh and doing something really fun and cool with it and like doing stuff with your heroes like certain heroes do things that are just like i knew you would i knew you would, the, the depths you would go john constantine but i don't know how far <laughs> you would go uh john constantine rules in that book especially that second book he's insane um cannot wait for the third volume i agree yeah. i like i agree with everything you said i didn't know you read it deceased yeah yeah one and two no, not two. Well, two. <laughs> that's not, that's not, that's not, but I'm agreeing with you yeah, about yeah. like the Tom Taylor building the world and all that. Yes, Tom Taylor is is the king uh, of of other of fake stories. So it is three, but it's actually the fifth volume. I still real I realized I bought this, which is at World's uh, Hope at World's End. I have no, not read this one yet. Those are the side stories. I'm not. I'm, those don't technically. Oh, uh, don't don't discount Unkillables. That book rules. I'm not discounting it. It's not volume three of Deceased. That's fair. I just said there are five volumes because there are five comics out. Um, yeah, really excited for that book. Really love Deceased. Um, yeah. Batman One Bad Day. This is going to be a series of one shots, 64 page prestige one shots, each one focused on a villain. Starting in August, it's going to be Tom. T- Tom mm, Tom King, mm-hmm. with art by Mitch Gerard. This one's going to be the Riddler. Um, just simply says Edward Nigma's me- me- meticulous rules and systems go out the window when he kills seemingly at random. But Batman isn't buying it. This tense intellectual thriller sees Batman unravel as he tries to decode the Riddler's motivation. Love it, love it. Uh, yeah. Uh, real quick, the one bad day thing is like leading in with like the next generation with with uh, Zdarsky's Batman. Um, and all of these one shots have, as you'll read with all of them, they're all insane talent. Like this next, this Batman wave coming up. Like I'm actually, I got to get a job because I, <laughs> I for real want to buy every single one of these books. Please. Yeah, feels I, like, uh, they should have saved the year of the villains for this. Yeah, this is. Yeah, yeah. Two Face by Mariko Tamaki with art by Javier Fernandez and Jordi Belair. Mm-hmm. 
Jordy, Jordy Belair. Solicitation reads, heads and, t- heads and tails when it comes to Two-Face, Batman always loses. Is Harvey Dent back to, sa- back to save Gotham City? No. You never know. You never know. Out in September. Uh, then the Penguin, John Ridley and Giuseppe Camuncoli. Yep. Um, Cam Smith and Arif uh, Prianto. When the Penguin's criminal empire is stolen by a former associate, Batman faces both Cobblepot and the Umbrella Man on the burning streets of Gotham out in October. The Umbrella Man. Mr. Freeze. What? Oh, the dog. Um, Mr. Freeze by Jerry Duggan with art by Matteo Scalera and Dave Stewart. Save your sympathies, Batman and Robin. Years ago, Gotham City experienced a winter so icy that Mr. Freeze could live without his containment suit. Out in November. Uh, that one sounds fun because it's just like, it's like an old story of like an early Mr. Freeze story where he took over Gotham for a bit. I'm like, that's always yeah. fun. That's always great. Yeah, you never really, you don't you don't get a lot of that, of that the Mr. Freeze taking over Gotham. Catwoman by G. Willow Wilson and art by Jamie McKelvey with uh, with Tamra Bonvillain or Bon villain. Um, a brooch Selena Kyle's mother once pawned for pennies is now part of a high bid auction. The stakes are personal and Catwoman will steal it back at any cost out in December. Uh, Jamie McKelvey is doing the art for this one and he draws the most beautiful people in comic books. Uh, and also just, I already love Catwoman. So I'm, I'm all in on this event. Ben, you haven't said a word for 20 minutes. How do you feel about any of those? I did nothing. No, well, I might get to one that he's interested in. If I got three more. Okay, cool. I like Mr. Freeze one pers- to be personally, to be perfectly honest with you guys. Um, well, how about Bane by Joshua Williamson and Howard Porter, uh, art by Howard Porter and Tom, uh, Tomu Mori. The man who broke the bat returns for the last vengeance of Bane. See Bane's mind, body, and spirit get ravaged out in January. Get ravaged. Oh, that's far away. Yeah, they're all like one month each. Yeah, I thought these were s- systemic sense. Okay. Clayface with art by Colin, uh, written by Colin Carey Kelly and Jackson Lansing with art by Zermanico and Romula Fajardo Jr. That's a good team. Uh, Clayface's dream was to be famous, but Gotham's stars don't always shine bright. Batman chases Basil Carlo to LA, where Clayface is killing his way to fame. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Make him the, make him the actor first. That's that's all I wanted. I want him to be like an actor murderer. That's so great. Me, me too. I'm a, this is my this is the one I'm most excited for. Yeah, and Germanico uh, is the artist who did Justice League Dark with Ram V. So uh, the yeah. art's going to be sensational. Um, and then finally, Rachel Ghoul by Tom Taylor and Ivan Reese. You know his name. The bat will know his wrath out in March. Yeah, that's almost like you're away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, these, these are so 64 issues. So that's like over, that's like two and a half issues of a yeah. comic for it was one. But, so I'm glad they're not all coming out week to week because that would definitely be way too much money to spend all at once. Um, it's interesting that it's going to be one bad day over like six months though. That's a long day. What's different days for each villain, right? Okay. Each villain has their one bad. Day. Okay, I just for some reason I assumed it was like Batman tied... would be real busy. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> it's the longest year of my life. I thought it was like I thought it was an event tied to something, but it's just one bad day for each of them at any yes. time in their life. Yeah, okay, yeah. that makes more sense. One uh, one really bad day for Batman. Like, will Batman be dead by the end of this? It's Probably. like Batman's worst week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you this guys played. Ar- it's like you guys played Arkham Asylum. Now think that crank to eleven. Um, yeah, I think these are all really cool, and they got some really great teams on them. Um, 
this is basically them giving them their killing joke you know yeah. like this is like you look at the you look at the the font is the killing joke font oh i you know, i kind of wish that this was like um this was like all one day and that comics was at a place where they'd be willing to get to like the seventh story and then batman's just like coming into the room like i need a break he's like man i had to drive all the way from downtown to uptown and back again this sucks i need more children (laughs) i can i can imagine i just imagined the next panel on the penguin slam the door penguin can we not are you good give me five please you get you get one villain story where like 62 pages are all about uh the villain stuff without batman interfering at all and like it's all carried on and the last two pages is just batman coming in and wrecking shit immediately because he does not have time it's just and he one does punch. not have patience it's he's just in and he's like i don't have time for this and he moves on it's like three panels of him a punch and then running out no time yes that'd be actually really funny like monologuing for pages yeah he hops into he hops into the batmobile just like no time no time he's literally picking up from the beat you saw him end in in the previous story but it's taken all these pages to get there and he's like i'm just i gotta move (laughs) gotham needs me two times god i prefer that actually (laughs) now i'm very disappointed that sounds like something out of the looney tune books to be perfectly honest where they'll never be that that quirky with batman but i wish they would be (laughs) <laughs> me too uh ryan you love I, superman's pal jimmy olsen i do that's that's i it is the funniest comic book dc has ever made superman's pal jimmy olsen's boss perry white yeah. is coming um it's going to be a one shot which will feature a seven page story from matt fraction and steve lieber the team who did superman's pal jimmy olsen um, and then we'll have reprinted material from Elliot S. Megan and Kurt Swan, Neil Clyde, and uh, and Dead Haspiel. That's his name, I guess. Okay, he's very much uh, alive. I don't know that's true. Um, yeah, <laughs> Brian, Michael, Brian Michael Bendis and Ivan Reese. So yeah, it's going to be like reprinting a bunch of old stuff with a new small one shot, uh, just about Perry White. That's really cool because Perry White, I don't think he's ever had a comic. Uh, People were mad about this online, and I don't understand why. Perry White's never had a comic. Like, why is Perry White getting a comic instead of this character? I'm like, name the last Perry White comic that, that exists. Like, I don't know if it does. Let him have, also, let him have seven pages. Let him have seven pages. Thank you very much. It's, it's, it's a continuation of, like, you keep saying D, one of DC's best books. Yeah, it's not just one of their best, best books. Like, like it, it is the funniest comic book DC's ever made. Like, hands down. Like, it is, it is like, every page is, like, some of the best comedy you could find. And it's it's a 12-issue miniseries. Um... The fact that like they get to continue it even for seven pages is fun because Perry White is such a rascal. <laughs> uh, I didn't put this one in the in the news. Um, now I don't even know why. But there's a book coming out called DC Saved by the Bell Rev. No, oh, yeah, that's mm. going to be a one shot with a bunch of creators returning to like Tiny Titans by Art Balthazar and Gotham Academy by Becky Cloonan. That's um, all. I'm surprised you didn't put that in there because you love Gotham Academy. I must have slipped my mind. That's a great title yes save by the bell reef absolutely that is yeah. a really good title um okay moving on let's talk about stan lee okay so marvel has signed a 20-year deal with stan lee universe which is a venture between genius brands international and pow entertainment who owns his everything 
Who owns him, basically, yeah. Uh, Powell was, I think, started by him, but like mm-hmm. Marvel doesn't own Stanley's likeness. They do. Mm-hmm. So now Marvel has had a deal. Uh, this will allow Marvel to use his likeness for future feature films, television productions, theme parks, various ex- various experiences, quote-unquote, and merchandising. <clears throat> the deal gives Marvel permission to use his name, voice, likeness, signature, image, existing footage, and audio recordings. Um, and currently, they want to, like everyone's, you know, people jumped on this pretty, I think, rightfully. Um, but the article wanted to be clear. At the moment... They do not have plans to digitally recreate him with cameos. There is, because I know Ben, I'm sure you want to, you look angry already. Uh, there is a lot to be angry about. I think people need to learn more about it before they just go full outrage. Cause it's not like they're not, he's not going to show up as a CG Stan Lee in Black Panther 2. That's not the plan. Um, they're going to, well, yet, to be fair, yet. Not, not yet. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, yeah. It's going to be for merchandising and using also of like, hey, Marvel fans, the thing he used to do for 50 years. It's gonna be doing that stuff. I don't think he's gonna be a cameo in the next movie. I, I, I also think that that you know the I think the important thing to say to mention was that it's archi- they also get archived footage. If there's a Stanley Stanley cameo, perhaps someone is just watching an interview on TV in one of the apartment buildings that we see. Yeah, I think people are jumping to and again because he's dead. Like I get it. I think they're jumping to extremes before before they even have all the information. Yeah. You know, I was, I'll fully admit, I was definitely one of those people because the second I heard this, my brain instantly went to, oh God, they're going to CGI Stan Lee. Yeah. And I don't want that. After <laughs> they just go, let's Tarkin this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> after, after he passed away, it's like, okay, that, I mean, his endgame was his last cameo. It hurt, but that's, that's what happens. He was in, in his 90s. Um, just, so now that I hear that they're going to use archival footage and I'm not 100% a big fan on the whole merchandising bit, but at the exact same time, if I find a really cute Stan Lee doll, I'm probably going to buy it because it's an adorable Stan Lee doll. I mean, I mean, how many Funkos do y'all own of Stan Lee? By it, it, actually, I don't have any to be fun to be perfectly honest. But you're right. But as long as they don't go that far, um, now that I know that they're it's mostly merchandising archive, because I do agree, maybe like if they put an archive footage or like maybe a hologram of an old Stan Lee interview. I would be okay with that. They're not digitally recreating him and making new lines and new content. It's like this. We're just taking, it's kind of like if they do what they did to George Carlin in Bill and Ted's and Bill and Ted face the music as like, Hey, here's a museum piece. I'm okay with that. That's fine. That's That's giving homage to what happened. And they're, they're remembering the past, but still going forward with the future. So, I mean, this is still icy territory of what they're doing, but I mean, I will admit when I first went to Avengers Campus, I was actually shocked there was no statue of Stan Lee or any mention of Stan Lee anywhere on the campus itself hmm. unless you go to Hollywood to the Hollywood backlot and there is a, a sign with a caricature of Stan Lee that says Stan Subs. That was it. That's, that's I think, why this deal happened. Like, the baseline of the decision to make mm-hmm. this deal was for that, to get, like, a statue of him in Disneyland or, okay. or like, the only thing, because they cannot use his likeness. Marvel does not, cannot use his likeness. Because I think um, they finally... And so, so I also think, I also think, real quick, Ben, that this could be how we get that Stanley biopic you know that Marvel wants to make. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, when I think about this, I think of the way that Disney does with Walt Disney. They use sure, archive yeah. footage and like, because yeah. like, and like, no, I, I do too. I do not think we're going to be seeing a CGI Stanley in commercials. Hey guys, I'm here to sell you on Captain Marvel three. I 
I know Disney recently has been really shitty about like CG, like all that stuff. I do not think they're gonna do that to Stan. I do not. I I really believe that like they will use him to the degree where it's almost creepy, but they will not pass the line. I do not think they will do that because mm-hmm. uh, the stuff with Luke was just enough. Do you think they're gonna do that with like Stanley himself? Like that will that will destroy it. That will that will yeah. ruin any goodwill they have. Like I I just don't think they'll do that. Sparks. I think validly, it's also worth pointing out. Stan Lee would probably want that. Yes. He, <laughs> sure. He's a whore. Stan Lee was the biggest whore out of anyone. Yeah, yeah. That that he would want the CGI recreation of himself. He would think that's neat and want that. And probably not good, but uh, he'd want it. But but like whether I think that's like great for, for what what technology is doing going forward, I, I think he'd probably want it that way. Um, but I also think like we're I wouldn't write it out that eventually we're going to get stuff like that. I don't think they're going to put him in the MCU movies, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get like <sighs> on the line digital recreations of him at like a theme park introducing you to something. Yeah. Some kind of museum area or something like that. It wouldn't shock me if we get that, but I also think we're going to get the same kind of hologram stuff with Walt Disney, just like Ryan said down the line. Yeah. So like anything they would do with Walt, I think they'd do with Stan. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not as well versed in Walt, but I, I personally don't know anything that's like extre- extremely gross that they've done with Walt Disney. Not yet. So like, if that dude's been dead for this long, then I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too worried. Maybe if yeah. you get like, now you'll get your like Marvel themed fireworks or something. <laughs> show. And face. now Stanley will be well because Walt's been in them. And yeah. So I'm thinking of like that, and yeah. it'll be like uh, some quote about you know chase your dreams, heroes, yeah. and yeah. that kind of thing. And you now would... he'll be in that footage, but it's, it'll be real footage of him. Yeah, yeah. You hear like a greetings, true believers. Yeah. Sure. Right yeah. before the Marvel section would happen. Yeah. It is it is a situation where Stanley is so important to the Marvel brand. Not just because like he was the face of it, but like he helped create like he's he's the guy. He is the guy. And there are other people as well, but like he is the guy. So like it he made sure of, that you knew he was the guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Like he was there for every meeting. He wanted to be there. So it would be kind of weird to just erase Stanley and just forget that he was ever here. So it is a weird line of what do you do with someone's legacy after they die? That is that is a thing we have to think about, which is I think I think that there is leading language in the articles that have been published because a lot of them want to stir up the controversy of, oh, they can digitally recreate him. I, I understand that that language is in the deal. But I do not think that the reason they made this deal was to make a CGI Stan Lee and plop him in a Marvel movie for a cameo. I yeah. think this has more to do with what we're talking about, which is the theme park, the theme park um, uh, 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 option where he shows up in the park somewhere as like a hologram or archived footage. I, and again, that biopic. Yeah, I do think importantly, this does open the door for like non non vocal animated appearances they can use stanley's likeness to appear in any animated thing they make now mm-hmm. um oh, like that, um like, like what they did in spider-verse when he just kind of shows up in places or teen titans go yeah yeah um yeah. yeah like but 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 he without him talking but like you can see him as like a background thing in an animation piece but i'm also thinking of like if they want to make animated videos talking about the history of marvel yeah right now they can animate a stanley into that without a rights issue yeah exactly. yeah or, or even then, even in future Marvel uh, films going forward, maybe do what they did in the Defenders shows. They have a, 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 a picture. Post. Yeah, his picture. Or even in Deadpool, where it's a picture of Stan Lee. So they can do that. I mean, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. 
So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we brought this up because I will not lie. My, the second I saw that headline, my brain did go straight to the to the bad, to the dark oh, side. Oh, yeah, my, no, mine, mine too. But then I had to like... Well, I, see, I that's what they want. Side, yeah. That's what these these people want you to do because they want the hate, they want the hate clicks. That, yeah, they, they the kind of thing that sells. Gotta yeah, get them yeah. hate clicks. <laughs> it's like, you're right, your keyboard raised, like, I'm ready. And then you're like, oh, actually, that doesn't sound too bad. Because yeah, they did they did nobody reads out. the article nobody reads yeah. the article they only read the headlines yeah but they did but i will say i'm pretty sure in the avengers campus they did finally put like a plaque with stanley's name on it in the in the land so i hope so well I now they can they use his signature yeah now they could and also they could put a statue of him which i hope they do all right cool it's a good discussion good job us what am yeah. i doing <laughs> okay um, i say i did it to myself earlier <laughs> that's fair um, I think we already talked about this when it was a rumor, but it is now confirmed from Legendary themselves that Matt Shackman, who uh, directed WandaVision, will direct the first two episodes of the MonsterVerse Godzilla series coming to the Apple TV+. Plus. Cool. That's really, really cool that that's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're Legendary is like, yeah, our first, our first live-action MonsterVerse series. And, yeah, I'm excited. Oh, Jack Schaefer is... Filling, she she did the she wrote Wandavision. She's yeah. she's populating the Agatha Harkness show. That was another thing that happened this week. Oh, that's good. Okay, yeah. Thanks. A lot of the people who worked on Wandavision are coming over to the Agatha Harkness show. Nice. Um, and then Ocean's Eleven is getting a prequel. Margot okay. Robbie, what? What'd you say? So they're calling it Ocean's Ten. No. Because Ocean's 10 would be the third movie in the trilogy we were supposed to get after Ocean's 8. Cancel. Right, anyway, anyway Margot... What? It'll be Ocean 7. Yeah, it'll be Ocean 7. Margot Robbie will star in a prequel film. So Margot Robbie is starring in this. Why Why not just put her in the in the movie sequel to Ocean's 8? Because uh, it's going to be taking place in like the 60s, I read, right? It's a prequel. Probably. So it, it's before Danny Ocean's even born. Or, or any yeah. of more, I'm just saying, don't do that. More importantly, does it need to be an Oceans-related film, or can it just be a 60s heist film? Well, we'll find out. You know what? It might have started as a heist film. They're like, no one wants to buy it. Put an ocean in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. We'll get John John Clooney. Clooney's mom. (laughs) We'll get George Clooney to play Danny Ocean's dad. Yeah. John Ocean. (laughs) I'm I'm just kind of like you know I really liked Ocean's Eight. I wanted to see that cast come back. Like put Margot Robbie in that if you really want to do a Margot Robbie heist. I yeah I agree. I guess that movie just like I know people liked it, but I guess it didn't do well enough for like it didn't do well. Want to do another one, but not the same one. Yeah. I mean, I this could like my mind immediately went to Cruella. So I'm like, if we can get like a cool like you know like a like period piece heist movie, like I I I'm not gonna hate it. Yeah. I love yeah. taking period piece. I like a heist movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rick and Morty the anime is officially coming. Hmm. <laughs> Weird. It's going to be 10 episodes, directed by Tower of God director Takashi Sano. Oh, it's a, oh, it's a real anime. No, yeah, yeah. Importantly, this is the one who's been making the Rick and Morty anime side clips, like yeah. little shorts that have been made for Adult Swim. Same yeah. person. Now they're making oh. a full anime. Yes, he directed the two, the two anime shorts, Rick and Morty versus uh, Genocider and Summer Meets God, Rick Meets Evil. Nice. Huh. Um, so yeah, they did those things. Yeah, I guess they. Sorry, real quick. They're like yeah. eight-minute shorts that you can check out. They are on YouTube, I believe, and on Adult Swim. I just want to see what it looks like, real quick. Yeah. And they're the they're the highest, like the, the highest-rated thing on Adult Swim is the Rick and Morty anime. Wow. Well, 
Um, so like get this now they're kind of filling that into a ten episode uh, season one. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be a standalone series. Um, so it's going to be completely disconnected from Rick and Morty, uh, but we'll still adapt themes and events from the main show. Interesting. Okay. You can't convince me that they're not going to make some cheeky multiverse reference to them existing at some point, even if it's not like a full cl- crossover. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, yeah, this is um, interesting. I'm so far behind on Rick and Morty, not for lack of quality, that I'm like, I feel, I feel like I'd want to catch up before I watch another Rick and Morty show. But I mean, yeah, you should you should definitely watch the main show, but I, I see nothing wrong with this person taking on their own spin yeah for fun i just i i liked it being shorts i don't know that i needed a show yeah personally i didn't mind them just keep making shorts when they want to i'll be i'll be honest this isn't as different as no there it is kind of different no well i was expecting to look more anime if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. this kind of looks just more like more like a stretched rick and morty (laughs) Looks good though. The animation's good. Yeah, I, I'm only a season behind Rick and Morty, but cool. And then finally, Daredevil. Variety has exclusively reported that Matt Corman and Chris Ord, who did Covert Affairs and The Enemy Within, among other things, are attached to write and direct a new series at Disney Plus. Cool. Interesting showrunners. Interesting showrunners. Yeah. Hey. Like, well, I was going to say the guys who made Community made Avengers, but like I like Community and I haven't seen Covert Affairs. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. It looked like another one of those shows that my parents would watch and I'd never watch it. So, yeah. um, this is hey the man. most experienced showrunners they've gotten for a TV show, though. That, that may be true. I can't. I mean, I, can't... I mean, Kurtzman is experienced. But exactly, sure. So like, what does that really mean? I spoke in the bear, Sparks. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I need, I don't know what I want Marvel's Daredevil to be. Mm-hmm. Neither do I. I especially I, after Moon Knight. Brandon and I lightly talked about this, and the thing is, that I'm like, I would rather that they're moving forward with him not being a side character mm-hmm. in Echo or other people's projects. I want him to have his own story. I don't want him to only now have a career appearing on the sidelines of other people's stories. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, but I'm definitely like, I th- I don't think they're unaware of the shoes they have to fill with Daredevil in particular, especially them seemingly confirming that it's continuing the story of the Netflix show. Mm-hmm. Or at least picking up from where that show left things. So those characters are the same. The cast will come back. Um, I, I think that they get what priority they have to live up to and that they have to find a way to like kind of bridge the gap yeah um so i hope that they are up to the challenge i feel more comfortable with this decision if the showrunner for season three eric olson i want to say his name is if he was coming back sure who wouldn't yeah um but you know more daredevil is cool uh i just i just don't know you know it's again like i really like moon knight but after Feige's, Feige's comments of like, we didn't pull any punches with Moon Knight. And I'm like, you didn't throw any hands, Kevin. What are you talking <laughs> about? Um, Doctor Strange actually had more grit and punch and bite to it than Moon Knight did. So like, I know Marvel can do it. I know Marvel can get into that like, 
into that like i keep saying mature i don't know what other word to use besides just like you know not not for kids well daredevil daredevil was mature and it's going to have to take a take a dip yeah uh, and that maturity absolutely um and it could be again it could i'm i feel like no matter what they do people are going to be unhappy but that's kind of marvel in general but like i would say take this take daredevil in a completely different direction and move him to San Francisco and do the Mark Waite stuff where he's a happy hero. But I know that's not what fans want. And I know that's what, not what Marvel wants for their character. So it's going to be a, le- it's going to be a lesser Netflix version, which can still be good, but it, I, I know it won't be to the effect that it could be because we know what we've seen it. We've seen what it could be. Daredevil season I three. think, I think that there's, you know, like, there are daredevil comics that would play in the same realm of maturity that is acceptable on disney plus and are good stories and so you can do it uh it's really just will they do it most daredevil stories are not soft pg-13 they are hard pg-13 because every almost every daredevil story deals i didn't say no no i know i know i'm saying that there are good daredevil stories that have done it that they exist yes yeah not not it's, as, it's, what, it's like what you were talking about ryan what's like there's a specific way that they could do it that would make it conclusive con- conducive to disney plus's audience mm-hmm. uh while keeping true to a version of the character in the comics yeah so like it's possible just yeah will they it's just i think the bummer is, is like we've seen again like we've seen the, the the netflix stuff so it's just it's they can't do that and i don't expect them to but it's also like moon knight's not better than than the best season of daredevil so it's like for me, like not a lot is better than the than the best season of Daredevil. <laughs> Daredevil season three is like impenetrable in terms of Marvel television, man. Um, and it's just it's the type of thing where it's like, oh, I think the best we got the best we're gonna get, I think, which is kind of a, a sad thing to say, but like I could be wrong, but I doubt it because season three again, I think is one of the best seasons of TV I've ever seen. It I would, I'd be happy if we just got something that was better than two. Two is yeah. very bad. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I'll I'll put it this way, which is that I'm less concerned about the maturity being the thing that's the problem, and sure. just the Disney Plus six episode structure being the problem. Okay, I'm Good more point. concerned about the quality being there for that. Yeah, than I am about like can it be mature enough to be a good daredevil story yeah i have faith that they can make a good six episode Disney Plus daredevil story. Oh, I, yeah. I just am not convinced that it's going to work within the structure right now. The thing that I, that I mean is like. There are some Daredevil stories that are not as mature. Yes. Daredevil is a character who beats the shit out of people and he deals with Catholic guilt 24 hours a day. Yeah. And I know they will just remove both aspects of the part of that character. So it'll just be him, what, dealing with his not Catholic guilt? Like, I'm just trying to think, that's that his, his character to, to, to a big degree. Uh, like the things he's doing is against God. What? It's like Nightcrawler not being, not being a priest. I don't know. Like, I, we really can't. We can't predict right now no, because, like, sure, it'll probably not be on the I, again. Like, I'm kind of agreeing, like, I don't think it'll be on the Netflix level, but I'm not really thinking of the maturity, I'm thinking in the quality of the writing. Um, I same, I yeah. think it means something that the defenders are accessible on Disney Plus. Yeah, they're there, those shows have been watched. They this is not something they're unaware of if they're taking on this challenge. They have sex scenes uh, on Disney Plus now. Yeah, right. That's so, so like, like and Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness is going to be on Disney Plus. Soon. Yeah, uh, like that. They are going to have to engage with this idea one way or another. And honestly, Daredevil might be the thing where they decide how they're going to break that line. Yeah, that's a really good point because the, up until now, 
when when they moved there, we we're thinking like, okay, well, Moon Knight will probably be the be the one to play in that same space. Like we're we're still in that TVMA space that we had with yeah. the dirt with the just say not like content level, or like maturity level, but like we're we're in we're in this space. But then they weren't. And Daredevil would be the place where I'd be like, well, you kind of have to be in that space. You got to do something with that. You yes. got to do something with that, or else why'd you do it? Yes, I. This is this is yes. Uh, the, the, this is what we talk about with Moon Knight. Um, Marvel is a four. Disney is a four quadrant company. They want everyone to see their movies. Moon Knight is not a four quadrant character. That's what I'm talking about. Daredevil is not a four quadrant character. Like my mom, my mom would never watch or read Daredevil. Mm -hmm. But Marvel wants to turn Daredevil into a character everybody can read. That's when it takes away from the character. That's what I'm talking about. Because Moon Knight is a good show. That is not a good full representation of what that character is in the comics, I think. I think it's a good look at it, but like I can hand you a comic that we read that's like it tackles his Jewish stuff, it tackles his DID, uh, and not just in like one episode. Like Well, and I think I think there's also an amount like we don't know behind the scenes stuff of like uh Kevin Feige going out there and saying what he said when he said it mm -hmm. about Moon Knight, of like how they push the envelope. Who knows how much of that ended up on cutting room floor, not by their jurisdiction, but by Disney's. That's right? a good point. Uh, yeah. Like I, I'm not convinced that the Jake Lockley final violence scene mm -hmm. was cut by Marvel's choice. Yeah, I am slightly convinced it was cut by Disney's choice. You think so? That episode was real short. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. and I don't know that it was structured to be that short. Um, and I, and is very like, JPEG is very strict about what he wants on the streaming service. I'm thinking about like the shot where Mark has the. I know it's a blackout, but when he comes back, that he has the scarab and the completely bloody hand, yeah. and the innocent bodies around him. I'm like, that's pretty racy for Disney. I know, yeah. like, what the standard we're talking about, but I'm like, I I think that there is an amount where they are wanting to push, but they have to prove that the audience will be there. Yeah, this Moon Knight proving the audience is there is putting Daredevil, the Netflix show, on there, proving the audience is there. Multiverse of Madness is yeah. proving the audience will be there. Um, it doesn't help that you have parents who are freaking out about multiverse of madness. Yeah. So that's going to get factored but it, in too. It is but, a good I, point. but that's what, but that's where like, yeah. I believe Feige is trying to push and that sometimes things are getting pushed back. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I just, you know, that's a good point. Cause he is, yeah. he, he is very open about wanting to push the envelope and get, get to a place where not necessarily are, but like we can get to a place where we can be this mature, but, the, but he's, it always felt like there was something holding him back and you're right. It could be, just Disney is doing it. Yeah. It's just, I don't, the further we get in and that we've exhausted all of like the, the family friendly characters and we start going into the horror characters. I don't want them to be diminished because they want everybody to watch the movie. Like I, mm -hmm. I, that's what I mean. Like, no, yeah, there is like Spider-Man's great and he's, he can be PG. He can be PG 13. He can be R like he's very malleable. Moon Knight is not, Moon Knight is not a PG character. Right. And when you make him a PG character, that takes away what the character is. And that's where I'm starting to worry about, like, Doctor Strange again showed me, y'all, man, you will do wild shit with a character. Uh, but that was a movie, and it was with a, not obscure character, but Doctor Strange is an Iron Man, right? So like, I think the that. director is different because and the director, Sam, yeah. Sam Raimi is a seasoned director that they yeah. had to court with specific, with specific deals in place. But I think that helped in Doctor Strange's favor. I yeah. think... Because they often get these indie directors who are really green, who are not going to stand up to pop a big studio. Sam Raimi doesn't give a shit. Yeah. My my last, I think, wrap up point on what I was saying there is that I think that we have to accept that Daredevil season four will likely be not a full blown jump. Yeah. But a small step getting us 
further along because we have to accept that without Netflix, we have kind of gone back down. Yeah. Right. And now we are taking small steps. Moon Knight is a small step. Multiverse of Madness is a small step. It is true. Echo will be a small step, I imagine, to some extent. And Daredevil is going to be another small step. And unfortunately, it probably will be. It is not going to live up to the potential of what people want. But it is going to be, I think, a progressional. We're trying to push to get to the point we can we can let these characters let loose. Yeah. And like that's you said, it just comes down to, it just comes down to, they need to prove to Disney that the audience will be there for that. Right. And I think that we have to set that expectation now yeah, that this is going to be probably more than anything on Disney plus. I mean, I mean, I was, was putting aside yeah. the Netflix shows. This is probably going to be more than any of those, but still not all the way. I mean, even with She-Hulk, which isn't violent, like that is like in the trailer showing like sex. Like yeah. she is having sex in this episode. Maybe one so of the I'm sexiest like, things in the MCU in since Iron Man two. For real. So like they're you are right. They are slowly getting there. Uh, I just don't want it to be too late. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Good discussion. Anything you want to add, Ben? But I think I think when you put it in that context, like we know there are other characters on this paradigm that are with Daredevil, right? Yeah. And they know Daredevil has the fervor, so that's like their best shot to make sure they get an audience that's coming along if they rank that maturity level up. Yeah. Because down the road where do you get you get to the punisher again because mm-hmm. again and you got to go pretty far to get to the punisher yeah like characters like that and like jessica jones and luke cage who just like love banging and beating up people like those, those characters are not for children man like um there's also blade on the horizon mm-hmm. yeah and they're gonna definitely want to push for blade oh, yeah. i think all of this is just like we got to acknowledge that it's all just small steps yeah yeah deadpool very curious what deadpool's gonna be still well, because Deadpool's still going to be R yeah. at this moment. Yeah, that's... And maybe that's what they need. Yeah. Like, once Deadpool gets out and gets R, then, Honestly, then you like can once... start pushing over that bridge. Like, Disney like Logan make as much money in the world, like, doing PG-13 stuff. But, like, if they just start leaning into, the, like, the adult audience they have, like, they will make even more money. Like, <laughs> they, like if they put out an actual rated R horror movie, Disney would. Like, that movie would make so much money. And Are I think kidding me? I think Feige knows that and Chapek's afraid of it. Yeah, but Feige, I think, knows that because he knows that enough of the audience has, at this point, grown up with the MCU. Yeah, it's true. It's fourteen years later. So, Jesus. so it's just going to be another step. I'm sure it's going to be the most violent thing we've seen produced by Marvel Studios on Disney Plus. I'm yeah. still excited by that. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, you, you're you're absolutely right. I think there's a lot of lessons that Doctor Strange. Okay, bye. Um, <laughs> Doctor Strange could teach you could teach like uh, Chapek specifically because, like, you know. Disney likes to work. Oh. What? Yeah, Ben. I pushed a button because my cat started me on. I don't know what I did. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Where'd you? Sorry. Where'd you lose me? Uh, go ahead, Brandon. We were hearing you. Okay. Um. Yeah. I just think that like, um, getting a season director instead of like an indie director, like someone sometimes that works like with um, uh, Ryan Coogler, but like not always. And getting someone, someone like a Sam Raimi back into the fold. Um, for other movies, for other projects, getting experienced people instead of green people could really help the MCU at this point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I think a lot of... The MCU is established. Like, it's done its job. Everyone's here. So now that we're here, like, bring the big big guns that you haven't been able to do before. Well, and especially, like, once you get to the confirmation of with Daredevil, you're saying the Netflix stuff is canon. So that's basically a sign off to go say, go watch those seasons because yeah. we're picking up those stories. That's saying go watch mature content. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Again, like all of those shows have banging in them. So like, it's it's interesting that like, yeah, that is on Disney Plus. I have to be setting that up. Like, get ready, kids. 
parental, <laughs> parental uh, what's it called? Like the parental lock. Yeah. Yeah. Start All right. Your parental locks. I think I think the perfect example that just kind of came to my head is that like if you took the moment from the Netflix show where Fisk decapitates a man with a car. <gasps> yes. Uh, it. I think you could still do that moment now in the Disney Plus Daredevil show. If you took that moment one to one, what it would be now is instead of like really showing you the violence of it, it's focusing on Fisk. You'd be focusing on Fisk, and you'd be focusing on. And as long as the character story stuff is there, mm -hmm. I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. Even if the violence becomes slightly more implied, that's okay. That as long as the violence is there, it could be implied. Again, Moon Knight, like the with the fist coming back as Jake Lockley, yeah, yeah. It, that works. That does work for me. So yeah. like, I just want, I just don't want them to to tone it down because you don't, you don't have to. I anymore. think I think we're going to go up. From where we're at, I I hope so. One of the things I was worried about is that maybe Doctor Strange would scare Marvel or scare Disney away from from this sort of thing. But it's the highest grossing film of the year, so that's not likely to happen. Just past Batman, baby, hell yeah! It did. Oh. Um, what? No, oh, crazy. No, it's just crazy. Oh, um, yeah. I forgot what I was gonna say. I'm sorry. It's cool. Good talk. That was good. Oh, good. yeah, double talk. It's exciting that these guys are coming back. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I want to see Foggy. He's Deborah, gone. And Deborah Ann Wall again. They would be. Not, they, they cannot do that. I watched uh, season two of Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones a while back, and it was crazy because like Foggy shows up for like five minutes, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. I was like, okay, hi, Foggy. Bye, Foggy. That's how you do a sweet little cameo right there. It's like, hey, what's up? I'm here and I'm gone. Love it. Trailers. T. I'm in trailers. And my heart beats so okay. Only murders in the building season two. Yeah, it's a great show. I'm excited, even though there are two actors in this that I don't really like. But Cara Delevingne and Amy Schumer. No, not Cara Delevingne. Um, Amy Schumer and uh, God, I, I'd have to look up the guy's name. But he's the he's the cop who's interrogating them. Oh yeah. That dude sucks. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm really excited for this. I love the first season. Yeah. It's really cool. I really like seeing their chemistry. Steve Martin uh, has evolved into such a funny guy. <laughs> like he just keeps evolving it with the times and just keeps rolling with it. Um, he's such a cool, cool guy. And, it, and watching him play off of Martin Short in this, in this show, it's been really great. Steve Martin and Martin Short are two of the like, last of of like old stage comedy troupe style uh performers yeah yeah and they're still able to like find a way to keep the spirit but always adapt it mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons why that show is so good um those three are fantastic like i'm even though i'm bummed about some of the new casting um i'm still just stoked for that show too. I haven't watched it, but it is really cool that like one of the like most successful shows right now stars Steve Martin. That's really cool. Yeah, because he like the younger generation doesn't know Steve Martin. Right. Uh, I would even argue some of our generation doesn't even know Steve Martin because like his his like nineties two thousands and that was kind of like he was the the what's the the Pink Panther. He's a Pink, yeah, Panther. Pink Panther. And then That's since then, show. like this last decade, I don't think he's done a lot. Uh, like for the younger people, so it's cool that like people are that he's back. That's nice. Oh, like, he was the dog in that one movie. Oh, so I definitely didn't see it then. <laughs> Do you remember the movie first? I know what, I know what movie. Marmaduke. No, no. There's a Christmas movie 
where uh, you have a narrator at like the beginning, middle, and end. This was one with like Olivia Wilde and Anthony Mackie and John Goodman, mm. um, all about the something. And um, at the very end, you find out that you knew Steve Martin was the narrator, but you find out that he's the dog. The, the <laughs> dog of the family has been narrating the whole film. It's a really weird movie. It's a, it's a weird twist. Hmm. Uh, and it's not the first, strangely. <laughs> no. Um, I enjoyed that film though. It's one of the better Christmas Christmas films. It's not I the agree. jerk. No, I uh, typed in Steve Martin dog type movie. In, type in um, John Goodman, Olivia Wilde oh, okay, Christmas movie. Glenn Clark. Uh, no, the other one. What? The, who's the wife? John Goodman's Love the wife. Coopers. Re- Love the Coopers. That's wow. What's bad? No, it's actually it's, <laughs> it's pretty fun. One of the better ones. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Uh, I I'm stoked for this. I'm glad that Nathan Lane's back. Uh, excited for that. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Whoop. Multiverses. Sur- surprisingly, getting hyped about this game. Um. So that trailer is incredible. <laughs> really cute. Batman and Shaggy have chemistry, and they know each other. So that's why they immediately start fighting with each other the, uh, as homies. The key thing to me about this, compared to the Nickelodeon one, mm-hmm. is that they're really like invested in all of these IP, mm-hmm. all of these characters. They want to, they, they know how they work. They want to find the most fun ways to use them. It's both in this trailer. And then like the things that have been going around online. I know we both saw the Velma thing mm-hmm. where her oh, glasses yeah. come off and the screen blurs. Um, that kind of attention to these characters is like, what's going to make me actually want to put time into this game. Uh, I, I, I know you signed up for it and didn't get in. I also signed up. They have a, they had an open beta that was clearly not open enough for us to get in, but I did watch like a bunch of, of streamers play it. Um, and it's smash brothers, which is not a bad thing. Cause like if you got a smash good... brothers nailed the formula. So like, yes, <laughs> if you, the thing you have to do special about is make it feel like you are playing those characters that yeah. are now the characters you can't play in smash. They're these characters. Um, you've got Steven universe, adventure time, Looney Tunes, <laughs> game of Thrones, game of Thrones, DC, yeah. uh, iron giant. Adventure um, it was the guy, the, from, the guy from breaking bad. He's not in it. That was a, that was a meme. What? No, he, no. Yeah. Um, guy at the, the he's no, in that, it. that was a Photoshop meme. That's not real. It looks just like him. No, it the right it, art style. It, it, they did it on purpose. Yeah, it's not real. I wish it was. Um, I was they, what I was going to say was it was surreal to see Arya Stark hop on a rocket with Bugs Bunny to go attack Shaggy and Batman, and Shaggy goes like super sane for a hot second. For sure, unbelievable. It sounds. Yeah. I can't believe that Shaggy meme gets. It's canon now. He's now. super Shaggy. It's yeah, canon. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's canon. Um, to me, got this Matthew Lillard doing the voice for it. Yeah, just what. I mean, one of the big things I love about this trailer more than the Nickelodeon one, I mean, the Nickelodeon one still is, looks fine. It's a fine game. I mean, I haven't played it yet, but all the reviews say it's it's just fine. It's just missing a whole lot of stuff that would make it great. This one, I feel they put a whole lot more love to it. Voice acting aside, this one looks like, this one still looks really good with all the different IPs, all how they're all playing with each other. I lost it when the Iron Giant comes down and says Superman. I thought that was well, great. What what's the what's the it's two thousand it's two thousand eighteen and the Iron Giant is being taken out for a crossover. It's two thousand twenty one and the Iron Giant is being taken out for a crossover. Yeah. Yeah. So twenty twenty two now he's being taken out for another crossover. This, this is one of those times where like I don't mind it because I'm like, no, I kinda wanna play the Iron Giant. That's pretty sick. I yeah. I have to admit, like, being a fan of Steven Universe and there are Steven Universe video games that I like, but they are not fighting games. Mm-hmm. They are um kind of exploratory games they're very rpg based uh 
I like them, but I've always wanted like a good action game because there's so much cool stuff that you can do with the gem powers. So you had me at the Steven Universe characters being well realized in this game. Mm-hmm. And then you add in like all these other things I love, like being able to do goofy stuff with the Looney Tunes. The fact that like you'll be able to just do wacky things with those characters, I think is really cool. The the thing that the game's well made, then you got me. Yeah, uh the thing that is really cool, uh that the trailer because it's a CG trailer, but if you watch gameplay, it works too. Um, there are combo moves that every character can do with every other character in a way. So you can use, like, like Harley Quinn, if you're on a team, she can hit you into another character to launch you faster into another character. There are so many different combo moves that you can do with characters that is super cool. The fact that this is a free-to-play game, like, uh, I on think... On console. On console. I think, like, this. nothing can beat Fortnite. This is the first game that I feel that will be able to, like... Pull attention. Pull attention. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's got all the IP from, from people that from things that you like. And they're gonna keep adding more characters and you'll buy those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh the amount of skins that they'll add, like Batman's <laughs> gonna have a hundred skins. Guess who's gonna buy him? Me, because I'm an idiot. Because that's like <laughs> do with free to play games. That's like we know what we're investing in, it's free. We mm-hmm. buy the product. that's how that's how it works. It's time for fake nerd fight night. I've been waiting for years. <laughs> uh I'm yeah, I'm again like I've watched like probably two or three hours like on streams. Uh it just looks simple but clean, simple and effective. Looks great. Simple and clean. Simple and or clean. Uh, yeah. All right. Spiderhead. Chris Hemsworth. He's an oh, American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. How do you guys feel about digital therapy <laughs> or whatever this is? I thought this one was really strange because I was watching the first, like the first bit. I was just like, all right, so it's okay. It looks like a general, and then it just goes crazy, and I was just like, oh, what's happening now? A weird title. Spiderhead. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's like it's like a new type of weird therapy that they're that they're doing on people that goes haywire and makes them go crazy they see but they're experimenting on people right they're experimenting on like okay well this may made them very horny and this made them very scared so let's let's write that down let's test this like controlling their emotions emotions yeah yeah Yeah. uh i like chris hemsworth enough that i was like i might watch this and then i found out journey smollett was in it and i'm like okay i'll probably watch this i really like journey smollett yeah (laughs) me too yeah uh yeah all right the Winchesters. I don't care. Yeah, I'm, I, they yeah, just I literally don't care keep, at all. CW just can't keep Supernatural dead in the ground, could they? Ben, Ben, to the credit, they, this is the first spinoff they've been able to get, and they have tried five times before this. Oh, mm-hmm. I did not know they that. They have tried five times to get a Supernatural spinoff series, and they finally got Should've one. Should have tried six. That's well, because Jensen Ackles really wanted to do this one, right? Yes. You mean he got paid a lot of money to be in five minutes of it? Yes. Well, the initial reports we were hearing was that he was like developing it, and then there was like this whole drama with um, oh Sam, um, when he was like, um, Jared yeah, he was like, well, why wasn't I invited to be a part of this? And like, he was really upset by that. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, I yeah, this is not like this is good. This is not what I expected. I put this one on here because I wanted to know like what we thought of it because like when i first heard about that i was like, okay maybe you're going back to supernatural's roots you're not this is way goofier than anything in the first in the first five seasons good like it, it doesn't look of the tone of the old seasons the first no. couple which is i also i think in the back of my head what i was expecting we're gonna get back to good old spooky hunting that's yeah. where yeah. we're going and it looked b-movie comedic it looks, riverdale almost yeah. yes uh it, just, it looks 
it looks old. We talked about it. It looks dated in the way that it's shot. It, it looks, looks like, like it, it was, was shot during s- Supernatural's time. Uh, it looks like it was shot maybe during Smallville's time. Awful, dude. There's like a weird like like glow or yeah. like fate like fuzz filter. Fuzz. It's like it's like the bad MCU version. It's like it's just like it looked bad. The whole thing looked bad. I'm so glad I'm not the only one who thought this looked really bad because when I was watching, it's like, why does this look like something out of 2002? This yeah. looks horrible. Yeah, I watched I mean, the show. I mean, visually, the show looks horrible. Story-wise, I mean, if you're a huge Supernatural fan, you might be on Cloud Nine. I don't know, but it's like, I mean, so this okay, is the story. There's of how... only one character out of this whole thing that I liked, and that was the dude with the holy water squirt gun. Yeah, that was funny. Oh, that was okay. Cute. Um, um. This is the story of how, like, the parents met, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there's no tension because we know they meet and they have the kids. Cool. So I'm yep. not going to – so what's the – where's the – They just But that doesn't – you, you, you know that Darth Vader's becoming – that Anakin's becoming Darth Vader. Like, that, it can work. You can do a prequel where you know the outcome, essentially. It can work with tension. We bring in new characters that are going to be interesting. That's kind of where this fails. It doesn't look like it did. It doesn't look like it did bring into any characters that you could be invested in. Yeah, and, like – that is that is true, but also like I care more about like the turning of a villain than how these characters' parents met. Because this is just how I met your mother, but even worse. But like I don't want to watch it. Well, it's how how we became hunters. How we became yeah. hunters. Yeah, it just like I think that was also like... an interesting thing that I that I, I noticed that when this starts and he's like, "Was my dad a hunter?" It's kind of we're kind of framing this as if as we did in the first episode of Supernatural, where Dean and Sam's dad goes missing, and like now this now his. Now this guy's dad has gone missing and he's going to become a hunter. It's like, that's an interesting, why are you doing it like that? Poetry, it rhymes. It's destiny. This is all from the pilot too, because this was shown at the upfronts. Yeah, this was like a two minute, I'm like, oh, so this is just all the, this is the whole pilot. Okay. Um, There's a episode where, I watched enough Supernatural to know that there's an episode where Dean travels back in time and meets young versions of his parents. Are they Um, those actors? I think the dad is the same, but the mom is the diff- is different. Okay. Well, that's cool. I that's think. nice. Um, but they like went out of their way to say like we're still maintaining like the continuity line of like how they met Dean and like that kind of thing is still going to have happened and all this stuff. And I'm like, are we I gonna just, see that episode from their perspective? Though? I'm just I just feel like <sighs> I'm a purist about the first five seasons of Supernatural. I think that stuff is really good television, genuinely. And I think that the tragedy of the loss of their mom and the weight that it put on John uh, as their father is so good. And I feel like you run a pretty good chance of just ruining that vibe by doing this. Um, Just ruining the image of John. I think, I think John Winchester works best in those first five seasons, five seasons because you do know so little about him because the boys also know so little about him oh because yeah they okay. don't understand him so taking the mystery out of a character too yeah hmm. and i think that that automatically makes me not interested in the show yeah, that's a good point revealer shutter original yeah good for michael morisi yeah, yeah. friend of the I, show i brought this up because um we interviewed him it was it's interesting one of one of the things i really liked about this trailer is that it it like from the from the comic from the writer of the comic, Tim Seeley and Michael Maurice, they wrote these, they're friends. And it's, and it's like, you know, from the writer of this comic. And I was like, that's a really cool way to do that. Like, you're promoting comic books. Yeah, and I don't think it's... I don't know if I've ever seen from the creator of this comic in, in an ad before. like like a movie. Not in a movie trailer, no. Yeah, uh, definitely like TV show and stuff. Um, yeah, it it's a Shutter original, so it's it was made for $5. So uh, it looks like a fun, low-budget movie. 
but it also looks like a movie that understands its budget oh what, yeah and what realm of like b movie it's playing yeah like um uh, i love the the lighting uh i immediately went to the guest because of just all the all the purples and blues like i love that the coloring everything um, i've seen marie c share of it has a very like neon sensibility mm -hmm. so yeah it looks like a good time uh uh it is cool i always love like i admittedly i don't watch any of these but like you know epics crackle shutter like all these services are making their own stuff so i do i do always respect that even if i don't watch it um pennyworth cool. huh pennyworth on epics pennyworth on epics season three maybe I, out now who's who's got like the epics? control of warner brothers by the balls enough to keep <laughs> pennyworth going because i don't know who's watching that show <laughs> neither do i it's really crazy how, how well that show does. Like every like every time this new season, I'm like really, all right, go get the guys. That woman got canceled, and I know I saw more people talking about that than Pennyworth, which is still around. In October 2021, the series moved to HBO Max for its third season, so we're getting oh. a new season on mm. HBO Max. Hot dog, <laughs> hot dog. Now move it, move it. <laughs> I guess I guess we're Boo Boo the Fool. They should have made that Aunt May as a spy movie they should have somebody clearly so. wants sony to. cancel the el muerto movie make it about at me again you know what i prefer that here's a thread of the el muerto <laughs> guide <laughs> issue one issue two i need more yeah that's the threat's too small i need more i saw that chainsaw man uh so the animation looks great oh my god it does yeah. the animation looks incredible I love it. Um, this comes out when? This is summer, I think. Okay, I'm absolutely going to read this manga before it comes out because you said there's not a lot of it. It's about 98 chapters. I could do that in a fortnight. Yeah. Uh, oh. I did in a week, so I bet you can do it even faster. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, this trailer has me all the more convinced. It's probably because the sun is coming down. No! But um, <laughs> Yeah, oh, no. it's the sun on the other side. Of no, it. Sonic. <laughs> no. Um, this has me all the more convinced that this is probably going to be the hit anime of the year for sure. Like knowing the story is good and then this animation looking this gorgeous, I'm very interested in how much of the story they're covering. Um, up to this point, I've been assuming they were going to split the story that's done so far, what's called part one, um, into two seasons. But there's some <laughs> pieces in here that make me think either they're going to do a little bit of jumping forward for stuff or they're maybe doing the whole story sure in a go which i'm a little surprised by but not entirely the hype is already real for this one I feel there's like. a fair amount of chapters that are non-dialogue a lot of action mm -hmm. so i wouldn't be entirely surprised if we could do the whole thing in one go makes sense i'm excited though i'm gonna read it went from zero to 100 real quick zoom zoom baymax very yeah. cute yeah this looks yeah. this looks good very cute I want to go back to San Francisco. I'm okay with this. Don't worry. Everything will be fine. That <laughs> <laughs> got me really, really most, good. How to make the most adorable little puffball sound menacing as all hell. Do that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, BMX looks adorable. Um, I didn't yeah, realize I, how much of how much of the original cast would be in this. Like I, I kind of expected my Rudolph, but I didn't expect Hira. Oh, I'm not surprised. I mean, um, everybody except... Um, the Wayans brother and uh, TJ Miller came back for the previous Big Hero Six show. TJ Miller is busy being a jerk, um, so I'm not surprised. Uh, I I know that the voice of Hero really likes being Hero, so um, but I'm glad they're back. Me too. Mm -hmm. 
I need to watch that that series. I like that. I like that movie a whole lot. And there's just there's just more of it waiting for me. I don't mean this in a disparaging way. I'm pretty sure Maya Rudolph says yes to everything. You know, I, I'm pretty confident of it. And like, I, I that's not a bad thing. Like, good. Good for her. She Get gets, that check. She baby. gets work. Get that uh, check. But I'm pretty sure she says yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She appears in so much. Yeah. George Miller film the movie. 3,000 years of longing. I want it. I am so hyped for this movie. Oh my goodness. Tilda I'm so Swinton. glad we only have a little bit of time of longing for this movie. It's pretty good. We got Tilda Swinton. We got Idris Elba as a genie. I'm like, we got some crazy what the hell visuals. So this um, was shot at Cannes. Uh-huh. Um, and apparently it's basically short, short films with the narrative of being told by either the genie or Tilda Swinton, mm-hmm. um, which I thought, which I thought was really cool. And you know, I like George Miller. I'm in down for whatever he'll do. He does so few. Yeah, I, mean, I need did. you to rewatch Fury Road soon because I know it's been a while. Okay, because no, I also need I, to watch Thunderdome. Yeah, Thunderdome is not nearly as good. That's <laughs> the worst Mad Max movie. Um, yeah. but I, I really liked I really liked Road Warrior. I I like George Miller a lot. I like those two Happy Feet movies. I know that's a weird poll, but I think those movies are really good. Yeah, those are good movies. Yeah, Mad Max the best. Road War, Road Warrior is awesome. Um, Did he also direct Pit, Bay Pig in the City? Is that the yeah he did? One? Yeah, because like you go from from Bay Pig in the City to <laughs> Happy Feet to Mad Max Fury Road and now to Three Thousand Years of Long. It's like wow, you got it, you got it, um, Furious dude. And is is great. That that's a legitimate comedy that holds up. That'll do pig. Big pig in the pig city. That's actually the first. One. That'll do again, pig. That they nail it. That'll do pig. Yeah, I'm excited. I like this. I like this trailer. I like George Miller. Let's oh, yeah. go. The boys season two. It's finally nope. dropped this trailer. That was season three. Season three. Like how many seasons have you watched? Oh shit. Damn! Season how did three. you, man? You did really well on our on our fake news watch, <laughs> not watching that season. Crazy! It's all it's all yes and it's all yes and you know. <laughs> um, I don't super remember everything that happened at the end of last season, but I think this trailer gave me an indication of everything. Uh, I I'm just excited to be back. I love those characters. I love that world. Um, soldier Soldier Boy's here to save the day, or is he? Um, mostly really excited for Soldier Boy. <laughs> I'm very excited to see Jensen in this. I'm so excited because he's like a like a plot crucial character, yeah. uh, which is cool. Yeah, I really like the boys. I'm really excited for this. Um, the stuff with Homelander, where like uh, Starlight um, is is like, if there's something wrong with Homelander, I'm like, yeah, he snapped. There's nobody home anymore. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's milking cows. He can't. He can't. He can't wait for other people. He's got to get it from the source, baby. Yeah. When he's like, when he's like, you know, you just, I just fell in love with the wrong woman. I'm just a guy who fell in love with the wrong woman. Can't wait for you guys to see the real me. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Yeah, I can't. I cannot wait to see the. Part of me is just like Butcher gets superpowers. Yeah, Butcher does get superpowers. It's like yeah, it's going further into the descent of madness, and then everyone knows who you really are, Homelander. You crazy. It's it's great because the comic. uh, uh, For those who read the comic, like they get they they have superpowers like from the get go. The uh, Mm -hmm. our our heroes do, Um, and it's always about them just keeping other superheroes in check. And the thing about the boys has been so fun is like, no, they're regular people and they don't want superpowers because that, you know, they don't want to be them. 
But now we're at the point where like, what if you need superpowers to take on the superpowered individual? And Butcher like might be going crazy with it. I'm so excited for that. I cannot like him with the crazy eyes. I'm like, oh man, he looks so good with crazy eyes. That's mm-hmm. the thing about about the boys uh show that i really liked was that they completely changed the dynamic between the boys and the soups because they took away that 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 leveling of the playing field of the the superpowers so it creates interesting dynamics of like okay well what was the choice because nobody should have that power they believe that and then you give billy kind of like a drug right you're kind of you're they even like invoke heroin usage in the in the imagery here that like it is a drug that he's going to get addicted to Mm -hmm. And it yeah. makes sense because Soldier Boy is coming into the picture, and I'm sure he's he's part of that whole thing about the Super Soldier Serum, and like that's where they get it from and stuff. Yeah, and and even like it looks like Soldier Boy, at least for the beginning, might try to be on Butcher's side. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. sure he's completely unhinged, like he would be in the comics. So I'm yeah. sure there's going to be some twists and turns along the way. And yeah. we are getting Hero Gasm this year. It can it will who the boys does a lot. Like it is a pretty graphic show. Herogasm is maybe the most vile thing I've ever read in a comic. So I'm very excited how far they will go. It's going to be very exciting. Titillating. Umbrella Academy Season 3. Superheroes are back. Long excited for this one. I I watched this trailer. Go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, the Umbrella Academy just can't catch a break, can they? Every time they pop into a new season, hey, we got X-Men Days until the end of the world. Hey, we got X-Men Days until the end of the world again. Hey, we got True. That More is true. crazy shit. Did yeah. this happen to us last time where Umbrella Academy and boys were this close to each other? And we were like, shit, maybe we talk about both. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. We did a full season on both of those things. We did because we had trouble like balancing them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Stop it. I really, I forgot how much I liked the character dynamics between these guys. Yeah. The Umbrella Academy. They like feel like siblings. Um it's- they're just refreshing. like say dickhead one more time and you get punched in the throat and then everyone says dickhead. Dickhead, dickhead, dickhead it's very refreshing to feel like this might be the first season where we get a lot more of them being on the same page with each other yeah yeah they have the entire other family because they haven't with. been like that for the past two seasons so them like really being with each other a lot is going to be really nice mm-hmm. yeah uh, especially when because like a lot of the last season was about them coming together and like finally acknowledging themselves being family um yeah. and now we get a lot of that interplay again like when the, if you see like it's really interesting because it's just like we there are still versions of us in this universe so we can't meet them and it's like if you meet them kill them sleep with them avoid them what is wrong with you <laughs> guys with them. <laughs> Diego, yeah. that was a pretty good line yeah it's i'm been, really excited for this i am too and again like it's been just long enough again this pandemic has move so many things around like i it's been long enough from like oh yeah umbrella academy Hell yeah. the girl the girl with the blonde hair is the one they picked up in the past last time she's the one she's got the same powers as vanya yeah it looks uh, like it or maybe or, she's like rogue and she can use other people's powers or I, yeah, I thought it was like i i it's been a while but i thought her thing was that she can like copy oh maybe i don't remember it's been a while rogue hey sugar but yeah i'm stoked bring on umbrella academy yeah very excited she-Hulk, attorney at law. That's the full time. This, this week, hell yeah! Sex is coming back to the MCU, y'all. We finally got that sequel after more than ten years. We finally got that sequel to the Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, what? I was telling Ryan that it's better on the screen. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ryan is fixing his screen. <sighs> just the sun's in a weird place. In my room's weird. It's fine. Yeah. That's okay. just that's just Monterey, baby. That's fine. 
Um, I am very impressed with the tone of yes. the show. Yes. I think it's going to be a very fun show. I think it's going to be a sex positive show. I, uh, I just, I just, uh, we got, we got to have the CGI talk, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got to do it. <laughs> oh, gee. I, I, I just don't want to, but like, I know we got to. I mean, I think it's a thing to acknowledge, like, right up front that um, this was a trailer that they had to put out. Yes. Uh, because of the For investors. And things couldn't necessarily not still not be ready at the time that they made it. Yeah. So it could, let's hope that it will still get there. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it looks rough in some places. Yeah. It's um, the, um, I saw someone explain it's the fact that she doesn't have exaggerated features. She's just a tall, eight foot woman. It's, it's the thing where she is clearly bigger than the normal size woman. They did not exaggerate her enough like a Hulk. So she mm -hmm. just looks like a regular person, kind of weird. She just looks like a really tall person. Yeah, the, it's kind of right. like if they if they if they CGI Lou Ferrigno. It's the it's the face. That's the, interesting. It's the that's, face. I'm getting hung up on the face. No, and, it's yeah, and the hair. It's because they're yeah. they're not doing they're not doing a full CGI thing. They're doing like a weird deep fake thing. So it's like a weird mix of both because she isn't fully exaggerated. We need to do a full CGI recreation. They're doing a deep fake, and a deep fake isn't done yet. So it looks it looks like bad Luke. That's what it looks like. Um, my biggest thing, I think. I, I'm hoping the face will get there. Yeah. The face is a problem. Mm -hmm. Is the hair. The hair bothers me. The hair doesn't look real yeah. in yeah. motion. It doesn't move. And very well. The hair doesn't match her when she's not She-Hulk. Oh yeah, it's completely different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like it like literally the length doesn't look achievable from her regular form. Unless it's unless they're doing like a weird Super Saiyan 3, it grows with her thing. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, this it looks like She-Hulk in the comics, but it doesn't move right. It doesn't look right on her head and i'm i'm sitting here kind of wishing that for most of the time that cgi like when we gotta do like full body shots when we're in action all that kind of stuff but when we're focused on her face i wish that was makeup enhanced by cgi yeah that's where i've ended up with it uh look at lord of the rings 20 years ago forced perspective just make her a little closer to the camera and then she's bigger than other people like the tricks are there that are save you hundreds of millions of dollars I'm not saying you do that with every shot, but I'm just saying like this is the situation where it's a full CGI character relying on CG. This is kind of what I was. This is kind of what I was worried about when they first announced She Hulk. I'm like, oh, so we're gonna get not one but full, but like two, sorry, two fully CGI characters. Here's the thing though, Bruce looks great because he looks like his Endgame form because they already have that thing established. They know what that looks like, and again, it's exaggerated, so it's not just Mark Ruffalo on another body. Uh, yeah. They've got a lot of work ahead of them, so like. I'm, I'm sure they'll do it. Sparks, you want to have the arm conversation? The arm conversation. Why is Hulk's arm okay? Oh. Oh. Um, I did hear an interesting theory that I don't believe, um, but I was like, I'd be fascinated by it, um, that this takes place before Endgame. Um, oh. Like mm. in the five years of the blip. And I'm like, it feels a little too comedic to take place during that. But yeah. I guess, like, I think about it and I'm like, well, it's not like everybody's just sad all the yeah. time for yeah, five yeah. years. Like you can't live that. You way. gotta move on. So I'm so, like, yeah, yeah. it could be. That's a possible. Um, certainly, I, I, I think that that's a option. It's an option I'm even intrigued by. I just don't know if she hulks the show I want to watch during the five years <laughs> sure. of the blip. But I'm, but I'm interested in it. I'm like, uh, yeah. that could be cool. Yeah, that that could be pretty cool. Um, I don't necessarily think that's what's happening though. No, I don't think so either, but it is the, the theory I've heard that I'm like, I 
that's that's interesting. That's an interesting point. I mean, the reality is like Hulk's arm probably healed because they weren't going to have Hulk have a bad arm forever. Yeah. No, I know, but like the thing that was interesting to me is that they made a point of showing Bruce in a sling. Where his yeah, arm I don't was... know. I don't know about that one. At the end of Shang, at the end of Shang Chi, and then supposedly this is after Hulk's arm's fine. Also, yeah. so it was still healing i mean he's also bruce and not hulk yeah. there and that's the that's the other thing though. i was like interesting why are we why are we going back and forth i thought we i thought we yeah. switched back yeah, uh, this it, is this is classic you know we don't know what we're doing yeah yeah because yeah, even when i was watching the trailer i was like wait if this is because i thought this took place after after endgame as far as so we know like, it does yeah so i'm thinking like i mean i didn't recognize the arm bit but i'm like wait a minute but um, it, Hulk is still a Hulk. Um, Bruce Banner is still like in his Hulk form. He's not Bruce Banner anymore because we saw Shang Chi. He's back to being regular. So guarantee you, there's just going to be one line of like "I got better" or just something just to like let's shut the hell up. It or he could turn. Be. Or he could turn at will. It yeah. would yeah. genuinely shock me if this took place during the blip. But damn, that'd be that'd be a bold move. That would be cool. Um, yeah, that'd be neat. I, I, I'm sure Ryan's right. I'm sure it's just, you know, we're just going to move on from the Hulk arm thing. Like we just got, that was a mistake that they made. <laughs> That's, he should have, he's the Hulk. He can heal fast when he's the Hulk. They should have just, right. it took longer he than normal. Been, he shouldn't have been in a sling in Shang-Chi. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. yeah I, I would, I would believe that at this point in probably the Hulk's life, maybe he can turn back and forth at will. Yeah. At, at this point, Professor Hulk. Yeah, probably. I, I, yeah. I would be fine with that. So, like, if he needs to go with, he needs to do a conference call with the Avengers, I'm going to look like Bruce Banner. Yeah, this is the most, like, he's been at peace with himself. So, like, if, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. When he's like, when, when he's like, when she turns into, into the show, I was like, yeah, 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 no, no. <laughs> That's, like, really good comedy. That's really funny. So, like, yeah. I, I'm not, I think the show's going to be, and the fact that it's a uh, 30 minute, nine, like, nine episodes, like, like a traditional, like, you know, like a sitcom type of, like, law show, like, I think that'll work in his favor. Um, Again, there's got to be, you know, a, a through line of who the villain is and stuff. And we got to see about that stuff. But I'm so fun. intrigued to see Tim Roth back as the abomination, yes. like properly. Yeah. Ding. And Wong has to show up, right? Because like. Oh, he yeah, is. It's confirmed. Oh, he is? Yeah. Wong okay, is. So beautiful. Because like, what the hell is he doing with abomination? What are you doing, Sorcerer Supreme? This is, this is one of the reasons why I'm curious if this does take place before Shang-Chi. Watch it. Watch it. Be it because it's it. the, I wonder if it's the establishment of the Wong. Like yeah. it was part of the court whatever they do in court he's his parole officer <laughs> yeah oh my god he takes them to fight clubs um so there's a bunch of villains in this most people are pointing out frogman people are not pointing out the wreckers the wreckers are thor villains and all of they have enchanted uru weapons like they have a crowbar that's like mjolnir they have like a like a whip that's like mjolnir um so the wreckers are also in this show you do have the blink and you miss it shot of jamila jamil Oh, it's Titania. Mm -hmm. Titania, yeah, yeah. Uh, her, she's her outfit looks intense. Yeah, she she looks, looks like a wrestler. She straight up looks like the comic book character, which yeah. is which is stupid fun. Uh, she grows big. Um, so that's gonna be fun. I, I think it's gonna be a fun show. I'm very interested in this because I think this is the first time we're gonna get like deep, deep, actual direct MCU acknowledgement of just how many super people have been popping up in the background. Oh yeah, of the film. That's the, yeah, the plot of the show is like we're starting a, a superhero law firm and we want Jennifer Walters to lead it up. Like this is where you get like the the Netflix shows have been there the whole time. Yeah. But, like the MCU movies haven't been acknowledging it. Agents of Shield has taught all these things that the the Inhumans and the MCU hasn't been acknowledging it. Now you're going to get like, <laughs> yo, so like a lot has been going I on. I can imagine like <laughs> not that we're going to get any direct references. Yeah. But just this is the most like we're going to get of like 
So there's like a ton of super people you haven't seen because they haven't been important. Like she sits down at her desk for the first time and the office and like her boss is like, all right, here's the forms of every superhero. And it's like a thousand, yeah, it's just a right. thousand. You're like, are you serious? No, right. no. Uh, I think, I think, I think again, like totally the show seems spot on. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it is unfortunate that like, like the, the CG is like integral to the show because it's even, our main character. Even more on top of that, I'm like, I, 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 it's hard for me to fault the show. I feel like, what an uphill battle because yeah. when they were projecting what to do with the show, they couldn't have imagined the amount of visual effects backup they, they were going to face because of the pandemic. Yeah. And I think maybe if they had, they might not have gone this way. So reliant on it. Yeah. But here we are and we have to kind of accept it. And like, <laughs> I, and it is a rumor. Last thing I'll say, it is a rumor. I don't know if it's true that like Disney kept saying to make her smaller and smaller. And I don't know if that's true or not. If it is that hampers the work on those people trying to make a good looking product where if they have to keep doing revisions on it, that was, that's where we get to a point now where it's not done a couple months out. Um, she should have been bigger. I don't know why. No, she's not bigger, but it doesn't matter. She's not even bigger, but just exaggerated. Yeah. I'm I'm just happy that the tone seems good. Yeah. I'm intrigued. I'm very happy for Maslani. When I see her in the performance, I really like her. The CGI is throwing me a little bit. So I'm hoping that her she shines through as yeah. She-Hulk. Uh, I'm hoping for the best right now. Yeah. yeah. I think Mark. I think she deserves exactly the same as Mark Ruffalo because Mark Ruffalo gets to put a lot of himself in the Hulk and it'd be a shame if she couldn't do the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even if even if this ends up being a CGI misstep, if everything else is working, I'm gonna be overall happy. Absolutely. And just hope that like, you know, the look of her gets perfected on the next go. Yeah. Yeah. And as you guys said, it's really cool that like I mean you know, Abomination it's... looks like junk in the Incredible Hulk movie by comparison at this point. Hulk. Like he don't look he don't look so good, especially like compared to his new form. Oh, his bone. But I, but I still I still enjoy watching that movie. Uh, you know, like I, I can get past a bad physical appearance as long as it's, I enjoy the story. It's so funny to see what like Edward Norton big ripped Hulk looks like, and then what he looks like now. And I'm like, that's the same character. Yeah. Same, same character. Uh -huh, yeah, love it. I love comic books. I really like the Abominations new look. We get a uh, kind of a closer look at it than we did in in yeah. Shang Chi and in this. Love it. Um, love there was, yeah, I'm with you, Sparks. Like, if, as long as everything is like solid, this could be really great. I'm, and, I'm yeah. holding my breath for a leader appearance. Oh my god, he, he oh. has to show up, dude. I'm holding my breath. Tim Blake Nelson, the longest wait for someone to come back. He doesn't even need to Big be brain. in it long. He Big doesn't brain. even need to be in it long. It would just be cool. God. Yeah, I so really cool. I really like pay something off, pay that off. If baby. this is secretly just like a small incredible Hulk sequel, like I no one would be mad. No. <laughs> I mean it's already it's already enough of one. Yeah. Um we bring in Tim Roth and you're like, oh, we're doing we're picking that up. Okay. I see what you're doing. Um, yeah, I hope it's good. Really do. I forgot to mention, by the way, that Spiderhead is directed by the director of Top Gun Maverick and written by the guys who wrote Deadpool. Oh, oh shit. Um, cool. Yeah. I will say, I think story-wise, right, like what it's showing me for the story and the tone of the show, I think this is the most hype I've been since Loki. Yeah. Based on a trailer. Mm -hmm. I think this has gotten me the most for a Disney plus Marvel show uh, since then. Yeah, I, I see what you mean, yeah. I remember what I was going to say. I was going to say that, like, um, it's really cool that, like, the MCU is bringing back, like, I mean, we're not seeing anybody have sex, but, like, it's in it's cool that we're bringing back implied sexuality. Like, it's it feels like it did back in phase one sometimes. Eternals. Yeah. No, implied. Imp oh, sorry, implied. We, we, you know, when they have chemistry. Literal sex. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Horniness. Um, you know yeah. what? That would have that would have been fine 
if I believed for a second that they were horny for each other. Yeah, there are a couple of robots. Yeah, I feel you. But I did not. All right. Shall we do our topic? Let's rescue our way down there, Ranger. Full spoilers for Chip and Dale. Rescue Rangers. Uh, this is the new Disney Plus movie. Check Look it out now. Mouth. Look at the mouth. Audio listeners, <laughs> Sonic's mouth. So yeah, full spoilers, you have been warned. What do we think about Chippendale Rescue Rangers? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm sorry. I had a really good time. Overall, so, I enjoy it. Uh, this movie free guide me. Mm-hmm. It ready player one, you Ben, is actually what it did. No, no. I mean, it freaked at me thinking I was not going to enjoy this movie at all. And then when I watched it, it was one of yeah, it became one of my favorite movies thus far. Nice. Mm. Oh, you were done. I'm so sorry. Yeah, was... <laughs> oh, I really like this. It's a lot of fun. Um, I think that the uh, script is, is is solid. It's got some good some good jokes. Um, yeah, I I think it's a good movie. Uh, I'm just gonna throw it out of the way because i've it. already talked about it all the time in the trailers and i'm going to talk about one last time mm-hmm. is that i hate the cgi shell shaded to look like 2d on chip i think it looks bad yep. i think it looks bad the entire time i don't once think it looks good i think it's always bad i think it's also a problem with peter pan i think they both look like garbage most i think of the peter time. even looks worse yeah i agree i think sometimes his proportions on his face get screwed up like i don't like it i think it looks bad i wish i don't blame the movie i blame that they didn't get the budget or the time investment to actually do 2d animation because disney doesn't care enough to invest in 2d animation Mm -hmm. so they had to cgi them and rotoscope them in and then cell shade them to look like 2d and it looks bad and it's unfortunate because it's like a main point of the film that one of them should be 2d and one of them should look like cg and it i think that would look so much cooler comparatively if you had really nice cg next to really nice 2d but you don't you have really nice cg next to bad cg trying to look like 2d and Mm -hmm. it just sucks i don't like it i wish it looked better i have seen so many people on twitter take screen grabs and turn chip into the 2d and i'm like wow that looks incredible if this were real hand-drawn 2d this would look incredible um I think it's all the more poignant because there are other characters in the film that appear because they appear briefly. They are actually drawn in 2D and it's all the more prominent of how bad Chip looks by comparison. Mm -hmm. Good example is Roger Rabbit is in a cameo. He's actually drawn by the person who created him, came in and drew him in 2D for the film. Looks great. I just, it sucks. It sucks that's the case. Don't blame the people who made the movie. It's just, it's just what it is and it, it looks bad. Yeah, I uh, I am not nearly the stickler that my friend animated Sparks here is, but I I do agree. Like, there's one specific shot of of, of Pete Peter Pan uh, where he's opening a locker, and that just looks like a dude opening a locker with some with like the rotoscope on him. I'm like, that's just like a dude. Like that one, like to look the most least effort I've ever seen in my life. But like, um, much like She Hulk conversation, uh, the story itself and everything won me over enough. Yeah. But like, I, I if this wasn't a streaming movie, I'm sure it'd look better. But yeah, like they they didn't want to give this movie money and this movie needed money. It really mm-hmm. needed the money to do what it really wanted to do. Luckily, most of it, uh, I think is so much of it works. Yeah. That, that, like, yes. Even, even what, one of my favorite cameos in the movie, He-Man and Skeletor, they look like they did back in the eighties. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and I do agree. Tigra. Yeah. Tigra. 
when I was because wa- when I was watching this movie, I do agree I wasn't a big the biggest fan of chips. Like pretty much all the Rescue Rangers outside of Dale because they all have that 3D like that rotoscope animation style. I wasn't a big fan of it. But at the same time, all the other stuff as the movie was going on, I just I was just like, okay, I'm still don't like how the way how Chip Monty get um. Uh, gadget, gadget and Dipper look, but as I was going through the film, I was like, "Man, this movie they, is they dronky." My God, they dronkied us yeah. in this movie. Oh yeah, Dragon Donkey. Oh yeah. When they when they revealed that uh, Gadget and Zip had children, mm-hmm. I said that Creepy. during our training. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, "Look at look at them." I dronkies. I, I think I agree very strong. Like, I think I could have gotten, I just could have just like accepted and and been like, "Yeah, it is what it is with Chip." It's the fact that it's Pan too. Pan looks the worst. He looks really terrible. Yeah. Uh, Pan looks just bad. Um, that's a bummer. It's just a bummer. It's just a bummer because like the the script deserved more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, interesting. Uh, couple of, interesting note. Couple of notes I want to bring up about the Rescue Rangers. So the entire original cast of the Rescue Rangers is in this movie. Yeah. Uh, except. Jim Cummings, who was Winnie the Pooh and Tigger in this movie, and Darkwing Duck, does not return for Monty. Neither does Peter Cullen, who was also Monty in the original Rescue Rangers. Mm. Instead, it's Eric Bana. Yeah, I knew that. I, I saw that before. Yeah, very Eric strange. Bana. That is that is interesting, especially because Jim Cummings' voice can still be heard as Fat Cat in this movie. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it, it is. It, he is also Fat Cat in this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah because Tress McNeil is Gadget, and that's interesting. That's because like that's her. But then you got the Allstate guy being Zipper. I'm like, okay. Yeah, and um and uh um Gadget is also the voice of high pitched Dale. So oh, she's yeah. so when they go high pitched, when the when Chip and Dale go high pitched like the voice in the con- in the show, it is their voices from the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the thing I want to say, the thing that I like most about this movie is um what before like before I saw the trailer and like, oh, we're making another Chip and Dale's movie or whatever. I thought it was gonna be a Smurf and Alvin and the Chipmunks, so like you know, a, a Yogi Bear or whatever. It's gonna be one of those kind of shit it out for kids kind of things right right? the second i heard it was andy samberg and jorma kakoni and all these guys who worked on the lonely island and hot rod and pop star these movies i love i had a little more faith then i saw the trailer i'm like this is just pop star for animated movies uh and when pop star is about a an an aging an aging musician trying to be relevant um i was hooked the first two minutes of the movie because i'm like oh they're doing the thing they've done before but with cartoons it's incredible um the polls that they got for this movie are really interesting and fun because half of them kids aren't gonna know who these people are you guys don't know who some of these people are like tigra from the 90s cartoon like i barely know who that is because i I made myself watch that show uh because i was on disney plus but like it's so interesting that this actually felt like people are calling this like like the like the worst movie of the year and i i'm not seeing that I understand where your cynicism comes in, where like Ready Player One d- did this thing and it's doing this thing with so many characters, but like I think it's doing something really clever and it's also trying to say something in like the most like, PG Disney way that it can of like people get forgotten in Hollywood. And it and it's not good, but this is also a kids movie and I think it's I think it's trying to do something that Disney normally wouldn't make and I think it's pretty cool for doing that. What I love about this movie so much is that it feels like it's Roger Rabbit 2.0. Like yeah. tunes and humans. Did you catch? Together. Did you did you catch? Dip is in this movie. Yes, mm-hmm. I did catch that. That yeah. So, so one of the things I, the thing that I love about this movie is that it does feel like it's Roger Rabbit two and it's like tunes and humans and CGI characters. They all live together 
in the modern day tunes are they work i love putty i love jk simmons um captain putty and the way they animate him as the stop motion i thought that was hilarious i just love the way it was they worked it and also i just love how they like they just don't it's like look you can either roll with it or you don't it's like if you if you can roll with roger rabbit you can roll with this movie and it's, i just i really want to know what the conversation was i can understand a lot of these references Hey, can we? There's a transformer in here. Hey, can we put a transformer in, our, in the back room? Okay. Hey, can we have Sonic? Sure. No, 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 not that one. We want the one you didn't use. Mm-hmm. We want that one. Can you imagine that conversation? So I'm really mad that TikTok spoiled that for me because the second I saw, it, I was like, oh, oh shit. There was, yeah, there was. Uh, unfortunate, like, uh, it's not like a Marvel movie, so like I got spoiled from the cameos, but like I wasn't. It just made me more excited to watch the movie. Sure. Um, the thing with with Ugly Sonic, and I don't know if this is true, but I wrote, I read a, a a Twitter thread because they didn't use this design. It's technically not the Sonic's design, so he so this is parody. They can use this legally as parody because it's not Sonic; it's Ugly Sonic, and it's not a design they used in a movies. It was discarded. So there's a weird legality that the Lonely Island guys swooped in on, and nobody told them no. So. If that's true or not, I don't know, but I think that story is awesome. Uh, they went for it because, like, this is a relatively new thing. This is like two years old, yeah. uh, and this script for this movie was written years ago. Like, they've been trying to get this movie made for a long time—seven years, yeah, seven, you keep, seven years. You keep saying it's Lonely Island guys, but it's also the the people who created Crazy uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend, which there is a great go, show. Yeah, like yeah. they, uh, he, like the husband of Rachel Bloom, who's in this movie. Um, wrote this script years ago and like partnered with the Lonely Island guys to like get this thing made and finally like Disney get gave him the go ahead for Disney Plus. Um, he had he got two great talents, Crazy Crazy Ex Girlfriend, Lonely Island, coming together to make a pretty great movie. Yeah, um, I do think the script is good. I wouldn't. I think it's really funny. I definitely. It is one of those movies where like it's not going to be as funny in 10 years because it's a lot of like modern humor and like Ugly Sonic is not going to be as funny in 10 years as it is right now, right? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the moment, um. I think it's really clever and I think mm-hmm. it's really funny. And like, mm-hmm. is this the Chippendale from the cartoons that we, that you guys, I didn't watch Chippendale. Is this those characters? No, it's Andy Samberg and it's, and it's John Mulaney. <laughs> I think, I think also like your mileage with how good the film is, is how much you understand the film. Mm-hmm. Like how much you are invested in the animated references. The yeah, yeah. That's doing it is reference. And like, oh, yeah. and, like and, and not to diss the film, but like, the script relies on that. Oh yeah. The script relies mm-hmm. on you being aware enough to to engage with the material. Like you don't need to get every reference, but you do need to get a lot of them to get the full enjoyment out of this film. That's true. Like the script is like all right. Um yeah. but but because of like all the pulls they get to do, it ends up being like really, really entertaining. Yeah. There's it's- um in this movie, we saw it in the trailer, but it it's it's um uh, Seth Rogen's Viking Beowulf character, Bob. Uh, yeah, it is real. And then you get, and then you get uh, Pumba. Uh, Pumba. Yeah, but then in the movie is not just Kung Fu Panda, but monsters versus aliens. I love that. It's all a Seth what a pull. It's like the second we saw the mantis, I was like, oh, they got it. they got that. And then the, we see the alien. I was like, that's just so. Well, that's hilarious. I thought once that was you hilarious. get one, you can get the other because it's the same studio yeah. that uh, you're negotiating yeah. with. Ben, I know you must have had a reaction when you saw certain someone's hair in a bag. Not on only did I see his hair, oh, his keyblade was up in the bag too. Fanny pointed that out to me, and I was screaming, "It's like, what the hell did they do to Sora? 
What did they, they do, those sons they, of bitches? I will save you, my boy. <laughs> I will save you, my boy. I will come get you. He got bootleg. Um, they reference they reference two of Ben's favorite things, Sonic and Sora. Yeah, truly I could not have anticipated Ugly Sonic being so integral to the plot. No, <laughs> for real. Savior of the show at the not, end. I did not expect so many non-Disney appearances. Yeah, it's really like you get Randy Marsh. You get a South Park character. That's how. Uh, that's that what I want to know. Senator Butthead. Yeah, but running for Senate. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, get, um, well, you, you get you talk about He Man and Skeletor. Uh huh. Yeah, He Man Skeletor are signing autographs in the con together. Also, the original voice actors. Yeah, the original them, voice actors. Some of those are slightly more more understandable to me because they're like they're their older IP, mm-hmm. and I'm Just like sure. But like Randy Marsh, that's still being used in South Park, appearing in this. I'm like, that's wild. That is absolutely like again, like if this were just like a straight Disney movie, like none of these would be in there. It's because he had like these cool comedians. Like we're trying to make this fun Disney movie. Can we have a South Park character? Like sure, why not? I wanted, I want to, I don't know, because you were you were talking about a parody earlier. Because I did see like a quick little clip on how they're able to use Ugly Sonic in this movie without Paramount or Sega's permission. Is like they tweaked Ugly Sonic a little bit. Like they gave him a bit of a gut. They redid his design just a tiny little bit. Essentially, they they bootlegged them without technically bootlegging them. They yeah, you'll and, notice his ears don't have the uh, the white on the inside; they're all blue. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, they did their own movie in their own movie. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it's still close enough that you know who it is, and it's the fact that he recognizes and he acknowledges the of the real Sonic. It's like it's like oh no, going fast. That Sonic's deal. Ugly Sonic goes slow. It's like oh my god, this is so good. And it's a voice by Tim Robinson, who is a just truly hilarious comedian. You should watch. Uh, I I think you should leave on Netflix. It's a it's a sketch comedy show. Uh, great great pick for Ugly Sonic. I love the fixation on his human teeth. Oh, the zoom ins. I, I, I it's too much. That was the biggest thing from the internet when it came out. It's like oh my god, Sonic has human teeth. This is it's, weird. And get the cgi cats from cats we've talked about them before okay i it's love animation pools i love the uncanny valley yeah i love oh, that yeah. joke because it's like it's, you know it's an animation style in the early 2000s where it seemed real but it didn't and then you see bob and he's staring straight ahead he's like no i'm looking right at you <laughs> um so interestingly they got a lot of the original voice actors for a lot of these properties like if you hear them it's probably the original um, and I thought it was interesting that Baloo is not like, obviously mm. you're probably not going to get Bill Murray, but maybe right. the guy from, 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 uh, uh, not Jungle Brook, um, Tailspin, Tailspin. John yeah, Goodman, yeah. he did it in Jungle Book too. Uh, right. it's interesting that it's like not even close and, and they even acknowledge like, oh yeah, Baloo was on, was on the, the Toon Disney block with me. And now he's, now he got <laughs> a, that, that reboot money. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He was on the Disney afternoon and, uh, the Coca-Cola bear who walks by is like, oh my god, can I touch your face? I can't believe it. You're, I'm such a huge fan. I like, What's I, happening now? I like the, I, I like the acknowledgement of, of Tailspin being a, a weird Jungle Book spinoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the person who voiced him, voiced him in a video game back in the year 2000. Wow. He's been on other Disney stuff since then, like House of Mouse and some <laughs> other like smaller stuff, but uh, He's like a he's like a musician voice actor guy. Nice. There you go. So he's voiced him at least once. Twenty two. He did it. <laughs> Those sons of bitches did it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's just a lot of great animation pull references. I mean, we could sit here and go through all of them. They're so all. Let's let's do it. 
It's definitely so one of the like, entertaining. This it's very much a YouTube video. Here's all the references you missed video. Yeah. Um, but like this isn't like I feel like again, like I hate to keep shitting on Ready Player One, but but like there yeah. it's like, well, there's things, there's the thing. Like this one, it's like we are living in a world full of cartoons and real men. Like, who did they choose to be in this movie? This is what Space Jam yeah. 2 This is exactly like Space Jam Legacy. That's exactly what I like a lot of the world was thinking. Like, mm -hmm. um, this is like the best possible version of of the cynical uh, IP grab of everything being in something. But like, I think they're trying to tell a story here that like, that works, that you need like having all these characters make sense to, cause bad things can happen to them. And you see what happens to some of these characters. Yeah, yeah like where's, I mean, um, I know we like going, when I say that Ray player one does it, it does it okay, but also doesn't do the references and the constant references is that they're trying to use the references to help solve a puzzle and to do story. And that's like, it's also like a huge- Not like, always. Hey, yeah, exactly. Not always. But what I love about this one more is that this is just part of the world. You can literally walk down the street and see the mom for Phineas and Ferb selling flowers. You Boy. just walk down. <laughs> you can literally walk down the actual Hollywood Walk of Fame and see the star for Squidward, Chung Lee, and Samurai Jack. Oh, I miss Squidward. Oh. Yeah, it's when uh, it's when uh, uh, Dale was walking. It was when Dale was walking out. If you left my fast, um, wait, wait, hold on. Fast and Furious Babies. Yeah, yeah that was great. Whereas. It because in Ray player one in Ray player one it was set in like a virtual world where i mean yeah sure anything can happen but whereas in this one it's just like this is just the world we live in this is reality and for some reason i don't know why but the chip chippendale rescue rangers works more for me than it does for Ray player one even though it should work more in Ray player one because that's a video game you can do whatever the hell you want in a video game well, it, it works here because it's creating an alternate reality where they're, they they not only live in the world, but they are the things that they are part of the industry that defines what Hollywood does. Yeah. Like in this world, like because tunes are real living things that they can just film they're they are more marketable. So there's a lot more properties and uses of them. And so like everything is so IP driven, like. You could say that about our world, but like that's why we see so many billboards like Fast and Furious Babies is that like things are so dominated by just milking IP. I mean, that's yeah. what the whole movie is kind of about. It's about reboots. It's about re repurposing things for other things, and like yeah, this is bootlegging them, or boot just to make them. a quick buck. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Batman versus ET boy that got me. It's <laughs> yes. pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I I really think that. Oh shoot! What the fuck? Whatever. I'll move on. Um, <laughs> the set design is really cool. Yeah. Yes. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of miniature sets that they that they film, and you can tell that they're they real do, sets. Oh, it's so many good gags with that. Oh my god, they do a very good job of thinking about the actual scale for characters. Yeah, yeah like we're uh, like when they um, I don't remember what happens. They go to like an apartment complex, and then there's a lady cop outside, where she's like, yes. "Hey guys, yeah, right. yeah it was whatever, after scene for a while, so you forgot." So one of our movies was like, "I forgot the scale was this." Yeah. Yeah, oh, you talked about. I'm sorry, Sparks. You talked about uh, the alternate reality. That's you can tell if you know enough about Chippendale Rescue Rangers. You know it didn't last after '90. It was canceled in 1990, and in here, their biggest year was 1991. Right. Mm. So, like these this, these things went longer. People have different things on the TV because of, because of how different the world is. Like it was really well thought of, with like Double all the scale game. and things that we talked about. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think that it it does a good job of trying to realize a world where these characters live, what they're doing, and all that. Um, I think I think the bootlegging idea of the story is cool, especially because of like the weird animation gags you get out of it and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. the, the plot with Peter Pan is 
it's not bad. I want to say it's like undercooked. Yeah. Cause I yeah. didn't hate it, but it definitely, I'll tell you what the first half of the movie, I think it's considerably better than the last half of the movie. Yeah. Uh, once the actual plot with Peter comes in, I think it's a little, and even they even write the joke of it. It becomes kind of formulaic. Um, we're like, you kind of know what's going on. Even with the, the cop. Well, yeah, thing, because yeah. the cop, when the cop turns, is like, yeah, I mean, of they, course they, they expected it. The time. Yeah. Which I, I do love. He's yeah. just, he's, he is really having fun as evil Gumby man. Right. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Like the Peter Pan plot itself. I like the idea. It's, it's one of those situations where I would want them to go more in depth of what they're, what it's doing. Cause the story behind it and all that stuff, but it's, it kind of has to be surface level for the movie they're making. Yes. Um, so I think it does a good enough job of like what the threat is, but like it does, it the movie does lessen once that becomes the main central theme of it. Yeah. As it, opposed it, to just it, the two guys. Doing it turns stuff. from, from like really great to serviceable. I feel like I'm repeating some of what I said last week on unbearable weight of massive talent, but it, it very much is like, you've got a really good thing going. And I question whether or not we needed the kidnapping storyline. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, the drama needed to be added. We need mm. an extra. Yeah. Yeah. I question, I question how important that was or if we could have just done a story where like they encounter Peter Pan and Peter Pan's story is still what it is. Yeah. And like their representation of how they think about each other and how they think about themselves inside the industry can still be part of the story. But you don't need to do the kidnapping stuff. I yeah. wonder if hmm, maybe if Peter had like, I don't, I don't want to say a redemption arc. But I don't know what I would need for him, for his character to be elevated more because he's kind of yeah. just like I'm 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 the villain and like I I I do like the his backstory yeah um but there is just something missing yeah yeah I don't know I what agree. it is though um there's a beat that I really like in this movie where um it, it ties it ties back to like the beginning where he's like no we we're you're one banana I'm one banana we're just, we're two bananas we're two bananas um yeah. and it goes back to it was like I wanted you to tell me not to take thing he was talking about double a dale is like i wanted you to tell me not to go and you didn't oh, yeah the, um, the final the final like uh, uh speech I wanted, I wanted you to tell me you needed me yeah yeah and final... like he and like that's that's the theme of the movie i think that comes off really well and i like i like that character journey that they go on absolutely i think the final interaction like when when one of them is like oh, like the other thinks they're dead and he's given the speech of like oh you know i didn't need you and blah blah, blah. i think that's a really well written well acted scene like for for this movie I think like it did the emotional weight that like it was trying to convey for me, uh, but I knew like of course he was gonna wake up because yeah, like this, when sorry. the sentient knockoff bullet bill hits Dale, Ow. I was like, and then it's, it's I mean obviously Dale's fine. It's like that pog smashed my nose. It's like dude, you didn't have a nose, but uh, fat cat is that the mm -hmm. I love the amalgam fat cat design. The, the 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 star scream leg or whatever the wrecking well, it's 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 an optimus leg because you can optimus tell us the tires yeah um and then like the the ready optimus. the i'm gonna wreck it he actually Ralph, does the the line ralph's left yeah. arm um i treasure thought, planet i thought it was a treasure planet reference with the right arm until the bullet came out and mm -hmm. i'm like now i just don't know yeah um the right leg was woody's mm -hmm. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. shredders one of shredders armor um pauldrons oh. on his, yeah, okay. his uh, shoulder guards and the yeah. jurassic park stash oh my god yeah <laughs> so cute. very cute i cannot tell you how many times i was laughing throughout this movie and how every time i'm actually really glad i saw this in my living room because when fanny and i were watching this we were constantly pointing i was like oh hey look oh hey look like mm -hmm. earlier we talked like i know we were going back to like all the things and the references we got but we were just cackling when we saw senator butthead sure yeah here's like, the thing like it's not just again like Ready Player One, Master Chief is just there. That's not yeah. that's not cool to me. Showing me Butthead in this universe is running for senator. 
that's a that's funny right that's then, doing something with it's it. a world that they that they live in and you're you're playing off of something even like when you do the things like the smash brothers billboard that there was a game oh yeah like that was smash Brothers, friday night all the disney fight. afternoon uh cartoons God. like that still tells me something about those appearances rather than yeah. just being like there's the thing it's like oh they made like a video game in this yeah. world out of all these yeah. characters. Uh, that's cool there's or, one oh. I saw um there's a uh there's a, a poster of Dobby and he's in Gucci. I saw it on Twitter because I, I didn't catch yeah. it quick enough, but it's it's Gucci Dobby. And I'm like, Jesus, it's so dumb. No, one of the other scenes, one of the things I really loved about this movie, because when you go when you go into like you're in Uncanny Valley and then you go into Main Street, and it's obviously a rip of Main Street from Disneyland, but we're not in oh, Disneyland. Yeah. And then Dale is telling us like, oh yeah, she does Muppet fights. That guy does this for the mob. And then you get to the the cheese store. And the second they say stinky, we got the theater. We got the. What do you want? What do you want? It's like you guys props. Keegan Michael. Yeah, what got me was the eyebrows on the Muppet. It's like we have the ghoul that we have the brie. It's like you have any stinky cheese? I. You all. I have to be honest. There was a part of me that I'm like, why wasn't this just Swedish Chef? Yeah, like, good point. Like I'm like, it's clearly like a parody of Swedish Chef. You yeah. own Swedish Chef. Why wasn't this just Swedish Chef? And then when Swedish Chef gets serious, it turns into Keegan Michael Key's voice. Yeah, I'm like, that would have been a great gag. That would have been a great gag. Actually, yeah, I kind of wish it was Swedish Chef. What the hell? But I mean, just the yeah. whole Muppet scene, and then you go downstairs to the dungeon with the the cheese, the the rat, the mice who are high on cheese. Uh, a, a sock puppet shows up out of nowhere with the police. <laughs> This movie's funny. This movie's funny. All right. <laughs> great, great side guys. Great, great cameos. Great references. Was it, oh, when man. Peppa Pig, when Peppa Pig went into the Nickel Nick Jr., it was a massacre. Paw Patrol. Oh my god. Paw Patrol attacked the sergeants. There's a blink and you miss it. Patrick Starr is one of the uh tunes that gets out at the end on the boat. Um, oh yeah. Uh Aunt Man. Oh yeah, Paul. Aunt Paul Ryan. Always at the light. You know, it was originally supposed to be Aunt Man, and my password power was going to be, I was really great with aunts. I can't believe they changed it. He could still be that way, man. Yeah, I just feel like there was something, or some element to the story that was missing. <clears throat> yeah, it's not, um, I'm very positive on it, but like, it's also mm. like, very surface, I think. It's, yeah. very, it's a very fun movie to watch. Like, I don't think I'm going to be watching this all the time or anything. There were there were definitely times where I thought the actor, I like, I love the actress who plays Ellie. And I do kind of like how it's like a double. It's like, oh, you think she's the bad guy when they talk about Albany and how Albany oh, yeah. never aired, and then it turns out it was it was the captain who was the I bad guy like, the whole time. I do like that fun misdirect, even though you kind of yeah. see it coming, but it's like we're playing yeah. into it. Like, yeah, yeah, but I don't know. There are times I felt like Ellie's deliveries weren't the best. I I feel that was on purpose. I feel like she's playing like the like. In the kids' movie, she's like the helper person, and like mm -hmm. she's supposed to be kind of like what's the word, like naive. Because specifically, there's a point where like she's talking to Chippendale, and he's like, "Oh, you you watch all the shows?" And she's like, "No, I had my mom mail them all to me, Grandma, Grandma." And like that sounds suspicious. I think she's supposed to sound that way on purpose, but also that could be uh, me just thinking. Well, she she is because because Dale calls it out pretty quickly after that. He's like, "Hmm, you know, I don't think she's on the up and up because we're supposed yeah. to believe." Chip. We're supposed to be with the chip. We're supposed to be, yeah. be with the main character on this decision. So I think it's deliberate, but I understand like the the thinking, like oh, her line delivery is off, but I do think it's on purpose. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, even, there's even other times like when she was when they were going through the CGI machine, and then she was like talking to him. I don't know. There are just times there where it just felt a little. Uh, but I still really do enjoy her, especially like when she's the cop and she leans down and she goes hi. It's like okay, you you know she's a fan. Mm -hmm. 
her uh i've always wanted to do one of these laughs with you how long does it last way too long the worst the the joke the harder the laugh yeah freaking Um, gadget was working on like a dom toretto style car and then and then when we finally hear zipper's voice and it's the all-state guy it's like that's great i really like the gadget's inclusion um i was really happy when it was like it's the original voice actress Mm -hmm. Uh, she's also um dot in animaniacs yeah. Oh yeah. I um, that. Yeah. So so just I like it when they pay respect to like the voice the voice cast of these things, and that was yeah. good to to be certain that you did that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those drunkies, man. They're not drunkies. What? Fly fl- flight flight? No. What is she? She's a rat, right? No, she's oh. a mouse. Flice. She is a is she a hamper? Hamster? <laughs> I don't know what anything is anymore. I, I don't know. All I know is that her. What's Chip and Dale? Dale? She's a chipmunk. Is she? No, she's. Well, a Monterey mouse. Jack is a mouse. Okay, so she's a mouse oh, too. Then. Oh well, it doesn't matter. Um, let me think. Anything else? Um, this. I think this movie is really fun. Um, I it's it's a PG kids movie, but I'll be honest, I don't know any nine year old who can get a lot of enjoyment out of this movie. I don't think because it is super reference heavy for things none of them were even born for especially chippendale so i'm mm-hmm. curious who the market for this movie actually is because it's kind of us it's kind yeah. of us not kids well there was a popular chippendale series not too long ago but okay. this isn't this isn't a continuation of that this is rescue rangers like this is a very specific 90s uh like 90s reference that well honestly only we would get yeah, yeah. It just, I just found it interesting because, like, again, like, I was worried it would be like those other movies, but it's not. But it's also not for that audience then either because it's kind of mm-hmm. more for like nerds more than anything. I agree. We'll always have Ugly Sonic. Do you want to rate it? I will give God, it Ugly Sonic, man. <laughs> made the movie better. 100% made the movie better. I'm going to give it, man. I'm going to give it a solid eight. I think it's a good, fun, good, fun, solid movie that I probably will never watch again. Sparks? I'd go with a seven. seven. I have a really, again, like through no fault of necessarily the people mm-hmm. behind the film, but like I have just a hard time getting past the animation. That does hurt it for me. Mm-hmm. Benji? Oh, I give it an 8.5. I was cackling through this movie. I was enjoying it. I was having an absolute blast. Love it. I, I enjoyed the plot. I enjoyed the characters. And you can tell all the actors were having a blast doing either their voice or live action. They were having fun. So I would definitely give this an eight point five. Coca Cola Bear. Yeah, I I'd give it an eight. Uh, oh, this is the Coca Cola Bear. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Couldn't place that. They couldn't get the Coke logo, but he got that vest on. Yeah, um, yeah. I give it a solid eight. I think it's a, I think it's a solid eight. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's just uh, you're not going to regret watching it. It's just a good time. It's fun. It's got some fun references. It's good. It's a good movie. Um, yeah. All right. Shall we? We'll club it up to the Vashanti. All right, Ryan, it's your book club this week. Take it away. Hey, guys. We saw Doctor Strange recently, but it wasn't my book club recently. And I wanted to read some Doctor Strange. But more importantly, honestly, I wanted to read some Doctor Doom. So um, I picked uh, I picked a original graphic novel which we will talk about after. 
we're going to talk about the one issue I made us read for funsies, because four issues just wasn't enough comics for me. I need one more little issue. And this is uh, Doctor Strange number 46, and it is written by the glorious Roy Thomas with uh, pencils by Jeff Ersherwood and inks by Bob Petrica. Um, this came out in 1992. This is an Infinity War tie-in. I picked this one issue because uh, I just picked a random issue from Doctor Strange. That's literally what I did. Because when kids of the 70s and 80s were going up, uh, they just read random floppies. You get some comics like, hey, Superman 127 is my first comic, right? And I think it's I think it's fun to sometimes just pick up a random issue of a comic and read it, see what you can get out of it. Uh, maybe you'll learn something about a character, or you'll pick something up that you'll be interested in. So I picked a random comic, and it's about Doctor Strange and Shaman and uh, and Doctor Druid and Agatha Harkness. And I just want to, I just want to, and the Scarlet Witch. Very white in this one. Uh, I just want to hear what you guys thought about this one quick little issue. We don't talk about it very much because there's not a lot to talk about. Um, I was kind of bummed that we were only doing a single issue because I felt like the second half is where I ramped into it mm -hmm. and like it ends, and I'm like. Uh, I kind of want to read now the next piece, but I can't because I got to read a graphic novel. Yeah. That's cool. That means that that means that it did the exact job that I was hoping it would do. It would entice you to go, oh, this is a cool story. Let me read more. So like it made you want to read more, which is cool. That's a complicated I, job. Yeah. I, I feel much the same way as Sparks. Like I liked the beginning. I think it's a solid setup. Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't too crazy about it until like the second half. When we meet, like when we go to like, oh, we're just going to pop into to, 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 to the house real quickly. Oh, my God. It's you from the 70s when you were a superhero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really cool. Because like uh, up to that point, like you have the encounter with um, Sleepwalker. Sleepwalker. And like that's fun. But it's got that whole vibe of like comics just at this time mm -hmm. where like it's like ah you thing and yes me thing from this place oh we also dealing with thing from other place ah okay this cool. is i am oh, here yeah. with let me do introductions between all characters oh, okie yeah. dokie all right back to xavier thing womp and i'm like all right i mean cool yeah <laughs> fine absolutely felt uh, like he stole green goblin's look uh sleepwalker is excuse me he is part of the dream police um he doesn't he doesn't premiere before green goblin though so there was the there was the Doctor there's the Doctor Strange uh, clone that I never heard of Dru Druid. Yeah, so he, uh, I don't know the cloning part. I don't know if that's a new thing or something I haven't read. But Doctor Druid was the original Sorcerer Supreme uh, behind Doctor Strange, and then the the ancient one found Doctor Strange, and Doctor Druid got left behind because he's not as good as Doctor Strange. Uh, so he might be a clone, but all I know is he was the second who was going to be chosen. But Stephen is better than him, so because he, he says. Because he says like, this is my this is my shadow or like my clone that was that turned that recently turned good. Yeah. So he he was in the line to be Doctor Strange, and then Doctor Strange took it over or Sorcerer Supreme, and then he went evil, and then he became good again afterwards. So yeah. now that he's teaming up, I mostly picked this because I like the cover honestly because it had a bunch of magic people on it. It's got Agatha Harkness. I think she's really cool. Uh, I love that Doctor Strange is like Agatha. Please stand back. There's some bad stuff going on, and she's like, "Bitch, do you know who I am?" And she starts doing <laughs> crazy shit. I think Agatha's great. I can't wait for that Harkness show. Um, I think Sleepwalker's cool. Uh, I wanted to read his Sleepwalker issue um, for the Infinity War, but it's not on Marvel Unlimited. 
it says, hey, read Sleepwalker 18, and I can't. So that bummed me out. That's the one good thing Marvel Unlimited is usually good at, is I can just go in between comics. Uh, but yeah, Doctor Strange from the late 70s shows up, but he's an evil doppelganger. So he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the Doctor Strange, and then it's a cliffhanger. Uh I did and like there's the line where there's a line where he was Scarlet, which is like, it looks like you when you tried to be more of a superhero. Yes, when uh by wearing a big stupid mask. Uh, let me see if I have one good picture that I really liked. Oh yeah, it's the final page. It's evil Doctor Strange holding up. He's like, Doctor Strange is finished. Long live Doctor Strange. Uh, I think that's great. Uh, yeah. So that's a fun little issue. You sounded like... Um, Skeletor? No, uh, the clown from Metalocalypse. Oh! And that's now how I want to hear his voice the whole time. Doctor Strange? Long live Doctor Strange! What's up, dude? <laughs> and I need to rewatch my All right, so... That's a fun little issue. I just wanted us to read one, one little issue. Now you guys know who Shaman is, uh, Dr. Druid. You've seen more Agatha, so that's fun. So let's go yeah. to the, the cream of the crop. Oh, sorry, Ben, did you have anything to say? I'm so sorry. No, no, I was going to say it was nice seeing Agatha not be a villain, because, I mean, the first time I was introduced to Agatha Harkness was WandaVision. She's mostly not a villain. Yeah, and I was seeing this, I was like, oh, Wanda, oh, she's got a cat. And also, she's just like, and like every time Wanda's like, oh, Miss Harkness and Agatha, she's like, yo, you can do this, kid. You got this. And then, yeah, like, even when Dr. Strange is like, Agatha, get back. And she's like, fool, please. You know who I am. Uh, the thing that I, also, that I also like is, again, this was in the 90s. Uh, this is 90s Scarlet Witch. So she has a line. She's saying, I'm not very good at magic, Miss Harkness, or whatever. And I'm like, wow, how far you've come. And you just rewrite all of reality on a whim. So crazy. Um, before they decided on. to make her some weird, whatever her powers are. Her, yeah, her, so her like you could on, like, you know, magic or something. Um, um, but, but you're real quickly. Um, yeah. there's a line that I wanna I wanna highlight that I completely forgot. I knew this uh, prior to Wandavision, but I completely forgot that that Agatha Harkness um, was basically the Richards' nanny. Yes, that's yeah. where she came from. Yeah, her first appearance is being like is being I forget the it's a weird word. It's not it's not nanny. It's like other word like ward like ward or something. Uh, but yeah, yeah but she's she took the care of the of Valeria Valeri. Valeria, Valeria, and um, Franklin. 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 Why yeah. did I forget all of their names? It's okay. There's a lot of fictional characters in the world, so like you, you're fine. All right, well, let's move on true. from that one issue to move on to the cream of the crop. We're reading Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom, Triumph and Torment by Roger Stern, Mike McNola, and Mark Badger. Um, this is a cool original graphic novel that came out in 1989. That is that is both a uh, it's an origin story if you don't know for Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom. But it's them intertwining paths of how one becomes the Sorcerer Supreme and how one becomes the true Doctor Doom. Um, and I fucking love this book, y'all. Um, <laughs> this is such a book made for me. Um, this is probably, besides like Jonathan Hickman, Modern Doom, my favorite Doctor Doom he's ever been written. He, you get such a clear, clear like zone and who the character is and how how evil he can be or or how like manipulative he can be but also he's doing things for the greater good and for Latveria. um i think it's just sensational i think the art is awesome i this is some of my favorite good. some of my favorite 80s art the, the colors are crazy um and i think the ending is really fun uh it leaves them the characters in a great spot i think their relationship between them is some of the best in marvel like them being like both masters of the mystic arts but also doom has like a technological edge um I just really had a good time. I don't want to hear. And they both have mutual respect, which is cool. Mm -hmm. um, this is how they should introduce Doctor Doom in the movies. Yes, I I had so many visions of how to do this after this book, and I thought, oh man, yeah, this is this is the way. Um, I there's a lot to love in it. Uh, I think they do a really good job of just like putting them on this field where like it 
they're aware of each other, but they've never met. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that they approach each other, uh, the way that they show respect for each other, uh, work together, have their own like uh, responsibilities that they stand by, and that makes them like do certain things. I, I think that the, that whole character story between them is told really well. Um, the interactions that they're able to play with each other as strange as learning about Doom is really, really good. I really liked this one. Yay! Uh, this one was, this one, the whole idea of him being like, you were the master of the mystic arts, we're now going to make you Sorcerer Supreme, you just got to free old gang, ancient Genghis, whatever, um, from the from the crystal with the Vishanti. I really like how Magnola draws the Vishanti. Um, Magnola now draws my favorite Mephisto ever. Dude, it's so good. It is. It is incredible. And you see how he goes into Hellboy after this. Like, yeah, it's so good for like evil shit. Yeah. Yeah. I was blown away, especially like the I liked it, but I loved it when they went to Hades. They call it Hades. Yeah. Um, When they go Dr. Dean's mom. Yeah. I thought that was really good. Um, yeah, this, this, I'm echoing echo a lot of what um, Sparks and Brandon say because this move, this movie, this book is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I love how it's like half of it is like an origin of how Doctor Strange becomes the Sorcerer Supreme. I also love how the challenge starts. How it's like, hey, break this dude out of the crystal, and everyone's trying to fight for it. Like, use a brute force. Like, Wait, can it be that simple? And please let like, please let him free. Okay. <laughs> And it was also a lesson where, and also I kind of like it how a bunch of these other mystics, like that one mystic with the turban who like is calling out Doom is like, he's not a true sorcerer. And Doom's like, all right, gloves are off. Literally gloves are off. With those gloves, I can't activate my, my, my weapon systems. So I'll just use my mystic arts. I love it. Since it was strange and Doom who were the only ones who weren't turned into zombie or crystal zombies, essentially. And, um, and Steven's like, yo, I can't, grant a boon to dr doom he's like do you know what he does and he's like no dude i don't i don't need that. No, no, no. That you, you're mistaken you're mistaken this is something you have to do oh yeah so yeah uh so the oh, the, the was, there's a quest <clears throat> yeah i wasn't a, what i also i can see why dr doom is your favorite one of your favorites ryan at the same time he's also becoming one of my favorites even though doom is like a absolute a-hole he's like he has he calls this um this respect but at the same time he's obviously he's not a fool but he's not like he can turn the megalomaniac on and off mm-hmm. like when dr strange is like i'm not going to do this thing for dr doom and he's like dude i'm not gonna ask you to help me in matters of state no 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 no. i need you to help me get my mom out of hell uh-huh. you can do that that's what i need help with and that everything is- else no nah, i got that shit i need you helping me go into hell and mess with miss mephisto that's what we need to do all of Doctor Doom's goal his entire life has been to free his mother from from Mephisto. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben, you read Infamous Iron Man. I did, and you Infamous Iron Man is one of my favorite that books of all time. How she's maybe not so good, and she was oh, actually yeah. bad for Victor, oh, yeah. and everything. Oh, so good shit. Love that. Oh no, um, I mean Infamous Iron Man is one of my favorite Marvel books of all time, thanks to you. So, and now reading more of Doctor Doom, it's just like, man, I am becoming a Doctor Doom stan, and I don't you know, know how. But, but you know, you know how it's before all that. Because like they haven't decided that the mother was going to be bad up until this yeah. point, and yeah, so they so I had this moment where um, she's like, "No, my son would never be a traitor," and like that's the thing that Mephisto was counting on—that she would be a good person and she would be appalled at what what Doctor Doom was doing. 
which would redeem her and then create something that would eventually essentially destroy Mephisto. Mm-hmm. And I thought that there was a, well, there was a really interesting plan that Doctor that Doctor Strange was like, wait a minute, I have a plan. And so like he uses the thing, and that I really 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 liked how that storyline played out. It, mm-hmm. it felt like uh, Doctor Doom. It didn't seem like it, but it felt like he was like two steps ahead the whole time. Right, because I, that's the implication at the end is that um, you know, like it, it's basically telling you without telling you that like Doom did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Doom doesn't make mistakes like that. Doom did that because he knew this would be the path. Like, he knew everything he has built his life for is to free his mother. He knows who he's become. So, like, even if he, like, knew this outcome, he will do everything in his power to save his mother that still. Panel, that panel where he first sees her and he's got the tear. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite Because panels. he says, well, really, he says, yeah. he says, um, uh, my mother's soul is at least free. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, I'm sure if he could take the whole thing, he'd be happy with that. But, like, mm-hmm. he was, like, at least... I have succeeded in freeing the soul. Now mm-hmm. I have to do something about that. What a bad man. What a bad good man. Um, one of my favorite pages is when uh, Doom, or Strange, uh, comes to Latveria with Doom. And the thing about Dr. Doom is, and the thing that I love, uh, writers will amp up how cruel, well, he, he's cruel, but how cruel he is to his people and how much they love him. My favorite interpretation of Doom is this version, where he may be a dictator, uh, he may be a supervillain and all that stuff. His people truly do love him. He is a good leader to his people and his people only. He will destroy the world for Latveria. But there's mm-hmm. a page of, of, there's a panel of this little girl bringing, Air Doctor, we are so happy to see you come home safely. And he says, no child, the things are mine. That is Dr. Doom to a T. He cares more about the children's safety than anything. It's it's so good. He has so much like, there's so much depth in this character. When something, most he gets, something he gets from his mother because his, because his mother goes crazy. He was like, no, the children were innocent. I mm-hmm. didn't want that to happen to the to the children. One of yeah. that, that scene, Ryan, that you just described where the girl goes up with flowers and thanks Dr. Doom for coming back safely. And then, like, no, thank you. That reminds me so much of that one scene from uh, Infamous Iron Man where the thing goes to Latveria and he's talking to, and the thing is talking to the kids like, well, you must be happy that Doom's gone. And she's like, no, Doom was great. Yeah, we love Doom being here. Doom, when Doom was here, things were fine. We were happy, and we would give anything to have Doom back. And the thing is, just like, wow, this is weird. He he is a he is a dictator. He does terrible things to other people, but like, he, his, his Latveria is in a good spot. It is a it's in a good spot. I was reading the Loki Ages of Asgard, and during the Axis event, people in Latveria start turning on each other. And Doctor and Doctor Doom um, like protects himself from the from the effects of Red Skull's uh, mm-hmm. onslaught, um, and he says, uh, um, and he says, Latverian must not fight Latverian. You all need to stop, because um, he's like he's in pain seeing his people fight like this, divided yeah. like this. Ooh, I'm at the. I don't know if I read that. I'm going to check that out. It's good. I liked it a lot. I I really like the part um, where. Doctor Strange tells Doom, like, you know, if, if this is the thing you always wanted, Doom, why did you never just ask me to help you? And Doom's, like, quiet by the fire, and then he says, I will bear any ordeal, Strange, but Doctor Doom does not beg. Yeah. Oh, there's such a, there's something beautiful about Doctor Doom in full regalia with a glass of wine by a fire. Like, he can't drink that. What are you doing, dude? Um, there's a little a straw comes I, out. Little, oh my god, that's brilliant. Um, 
at the beginning when they're having like the fight at the crystal, there's some beautiful coloring being done where all of the other um, all the other sorcerers become green. So over the next couple pages, everyone starts becoming green, and it's just Doctor Doom and Doctor Strange mm. against a bunch of green people. And you see the colors change over time. It is it is gorgeous stuff. I love it. I took two pictures only, and I want to mention because I talked about I talked about uh, my, I really like Mephisto. Let me see if I can get this to this Mephisto panel. Oh uh, yeah. Where, where he's just sitting on the throne with doom looking at the throne uh, is incredible. Um, and then there's like Mephisto like breaks apart and then all of yeah. like the cosmos okay. of hell. It's going to descend. Hopefully it shows here. Yeah. Good enough. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's gross. It's crazy. Yeah. It's really cool. I really like this book. Um, I really, I, I really like Manola in general and just like, this is some of my favorite stuff he's done. One of my favorite parts also is um, the implication in hindsight that, um, because when they're battling for the Vashanti, it comes down to Strange and Doom. Mm-hmm. And Strange is like, uh, the, the Crimson Bands can be quite powerful, but only if they're properly conjured Doom. And it's like, bro, he conjured them wrong on purpose. <laughs> it's awesome. He wanted, he wanted yeah. to lose to get a favor from the Sorcerer Supreme. To get the moon. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is, again, like, I'm, I'm so, like, bummed that I haven't read this before, but I'm glad that I got to experience it now because, like, all the, all the, the stuff that comes after this like it's still in line with everything that was built before. Like it builds on like this story so much. Um, yeah. And like, again, like I'm glad you guys read it and enjoyed it. Cause like, I think this is truly one of the best like uh, interpretations of Dr. I Doom. just, I just love the way that they treat each other. The um, respect. The, yeah. And it like, it's early enough in the career that like doom hasn't done enough to make strange just like disregard him. Mm-hmm. So like, there's this, there's this balance of checking each other and finding what each other is capable of and, and respecting each other. And I, I find that so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, this would, this would be the right way to bring doom in. And it's in, uh, lastly, uh, you got, um, who is it? Jesus. George, is his name George? I don't remember. No, uh, Boris. Uh, Dr. Doom's... Boris. Boris. Thank you. Boris has a daughter named Valeria. Uh, Valeria is, ends up being Dr. Doom's love that he ends up sacrificing and killing for more power later on. Um, and then names Richard's daughter. And then feels bad about it, and then ends up naming Reed Richard's daughter Valeria to honor her, and now he's her godfather and best friend. And I'm like, what an insane character. Yeah. What a truly insane character. And this guy saves the universe and becomes God Emperor Doom. And like, greatest also, character of all I time. I also really like the focus on his Romani history. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, it is it is an older book, so they do say gypsy, right. uh, uh, but it's just but that, you know, but that it's there. Yeah, he is Romani. Yeah, he is that is that is a great aspect too. Yeah, yeah, love that. Yeah, did great. you guys? There there are books in the version that I read. There's um, reprinted issues in the back. Did anybody read any of those? No, mine mine um was on, ju- just the on Marvel Unlimited. It doesn't have that. No. Yeah, well, good because I didn't read them all. Um, what, what, so, what is it? Because it's got to be like extra so, other stuff. So they're essentially the stories that so there's the Doctor Doom story and a Doctor Strange story, which are both written by Roger Stern before he wrote uh, Triumphs and Torments. Okay, and so it's like because and they talk about it in the the thing I didn't read them all, but like they talk about it like this is where the idea was starting to form, and he was working it out in these two books before he finally made this, and so like that's kind of you, you see like proto ideas. And then there's the first two page, the first two things that Magnola did, which were two Submariner issues. Which Ooh. I only got to look at the art, which the the arts are gorgeous. Um, but that's how he got, like that's how he that was his first Marvel work, and then he moved to Triumphs and Torment. Yeah. So uh, Magnola, unfortunately, after this, he works on a incredible uh, Cyclops and Phoenix Mister Sinister uh, miniseries. 
in 92. And then after that, he goes and does his own thing and becomes the, the hottest independent person on the planet, which is fair. There's another world where I'm like, man, his his he would just destroy a ghostwriter book. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. He would destroy that book. Yeah. Um, and it's it's another that's a parallel universe we live in. But I got this book, and honestly, like I, I want I'm gonna immediately buy this book in any hardcover form I can. Uh one of my favorites. Or uh, so I'll take a softie. Take a, it's an old comic yeah 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 that's okay i'll take a softie i'll too. take a softie love it um real quick sparks is right like dr strange 3 make it a tournament to for like something like oh like like an old old power comes back and like oh like we're gonna we're gonna declare a new sorcerer supreme like we're taking it away from wong and all these people come up and then dr doom happens to show up like who are you i don't know well yeah i really like the idea of the vishanti granting like this group of of mystical people granting the title of sorcerer supreme and they do say it's every 100 years but i think it could be interesting if like dr strange 3 because they did this in in donny cates's doctor strange when um loki su- like ac- like got the vishanti to be summoned so that he can take the the doctor strange um the the the, the sorcerer supreme role away from doctor strange you could, could do something like that in, yeah. in like the mcu i would i would kill um yeah, so like this is definitely like some of the best Doctor Doom you'll get, and you'll see now why like I love the character, and like any version of the character shows up in the MCU whatsoever, and my I'm gonna lose my mind. Uh, one of the most in-depth characters you can have. Like start, he's very much like Magneto. Starts as a as a super villain, and then becomes redeemed, and now like he's a villain again, unfortunately, uh, which sucks. But like uh, one of the best heroes too, just very morally complicated. Yeah, I'd really like to see the Vigilante in the Doctor Strange three. Yeah, more more big magic, please. All right, anything else you want to add? Nope. Love it, love it, love it. Can't can't get more of it. It's my turn next week. Um, I I I told you what it was going to be, but just to reiterate, um, I have picked Thor's, the Secret Wars tie-in, where the Thor's of or all the Thor's in the multiverse are now the cops of Battle World. So if you like uh, beat cop mysteries, um, I've already read it twice now. I read it when it was first coming out, and then I read it mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited to revisit that with you guys. I believe this will be our third Secret Wars tie-in that we've read, because all of those books are great. We did Civil War. What was the other one? Ooh, it might just be Civil War, then. I, I think, think it was just Civil War. Okay, then two. Hey, two still better than zero. Those are good yeah. tie-ins. I've, I've, Secret Wars books are always on. Are we, always we, like, we read the Ant-Man that led up to Secret Wars. Mm, that's, okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I always... I, I do really like... Um, the Secret Wars tie-ins, and I always kind of think about doing them, but since I'm in a Thor mood, I was like, well, shoot, why don't I just do Thor's? Ties right in. Um, and then the movie's coming out, so yeah. Alright, anything else you want to add for the day? Uh, Thor trailer coming up tomorrow for a footy ball game. Footy foots. Basketball. Isn't it Bas- a, bas- a soccer game, a badminton game, tennis game. It's a badminton game. Okay, next week we're going to be talking about Top Gun Maverick. Oh, we're reviewing it for the show? I thought we wanted to. No, that's great. I, I For some reason, I didn't think everyone was in- invested. I don't remember. Hell yeah, I'm happy. Um. So yeah, stay tuned for that. The it's like the only good. big movie coming. The reviews are good. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited. I'm actually really excited for that movie. I'm hearing such good things. I need to rewatch the first one. Mm-hmm. Okay, that'll do it then. Um, make sure to like this video, subscribe to our channel, and you can get some. you can check out some of our other stuff we have on this channel. Such as our Fickner's Watch series, which has a new episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds in the description below. And soon, Obi-Wan Kenobi. That'll probably be sometime 
That's um, next week. Yep. Holy that's this coming Friday. Oh I'm God. excited. And Stranger Things. What did you say? Oh, oh yeah, Stranger Things is also this weekend. Bro, I'm so excited. Real, just real quick, like the runtime for that season. That's what I want the Marvel shows to be. That's yeah. what I want the Marvel shows to be. Yeah. Those all. Those are all movies. Every one of those is a movie. It's crazy. Jesus. Uh, yeah. So look for Fickner's watches for Stranger Things eventually. Obi Wan Kenobi pretty quickly. Definitely Obi Wan. Um. Okay. And of course we have Basement Arcade and Basement Arcade Pause Mini, which has a new episode in the description. For Nintendo Bros. Yeah. But if you have anything else you want to say about that, you can now. Nope. nope, just go ahead and go listen to it. All right, you can also check out our Fickner Book Club and Animation Station series, all which can be found if you like this video and subscribe to this channel. Links below is our Patreon and our T Public. You can support us financially if you'd like. We greatly appreciate that. Or you can find all these links um, on, our, on, our, on our website, ficknerpodcast.com. That's also linked below, all these links below. Thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Um, thank you to everyone who watches the live show. Thank you to everyone who watches the rewind. We greatly appreciate all your support, however you listen or watch us. Um, thank you to Jerry Vellucci um, for our theme music that you all heard tonight and in front of all of our shows. Um, you can find him at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards, or you can find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist. Oh, my God. I blinked and I missed, almost missed that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the... It's like the damn fox from Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, yeah. Um, he can find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist. Speaking of foxes, um, on iTunes or at Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. You can find Mike Matola, uh, some of our logos, collaborative of ours. You can find I'm him. wearing his shirt right now. You're wearing his shirt right now? I'm actually yeah. wearing one of our shirts right now. So. Ooh, double print. Um, you can find him on TikTok and Instagram at Mike Matola. I want to get him on soon. Yeah. Fickner podcast and all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Ficknerguys at gmail.com. Like to get in touch with us personally. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for Atomic Geekdom where I do a series revisiting the Infinity Saga, which is late. I also write a lot of lists for Screen Rant. And I write and edit kaijiramanmedia.com. Ben? You can find me still traversing the lands between at BenManga27 on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also find me around for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, and GoNintendo.com. Also, if you do want to watch me stream, I stream Tuesdays and Saturdays at 2 a.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash BenManga27. Ryan. Hey, guys. Ryan here. You can find me streaming at DJTonySnark616 uh, on Twitch. Um, probably just playing Batman and Elden Ring. I want to beat those games before I move on to other stuff, but I will never beat Elden Ring, so that's not probably true. DJ Tony Snark all over the internet. Sparks, uh, you can find me just um, trying to get the image of ugly Sonic's human teeth out of my head at Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. Go slow, baby. Gross. Turning into Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice. Oh yeah. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, hey, Google Play. three times and he shows up. <laughs> Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video. Subscribe to the channel. Until next time we see us, guys. Stay tech nerds. Bye.